Yes, sir. It's time to crank up the big, the bottom, the boom, shakalakas, baby. I am the captain. We are the sports brew, and that's damn right. We're up in the basement, and we're going to crank this ish hose up, friends. It is time, dude. Not only is it time for Cleveland, the factory of sadness, to finally get shut down and a big, fat salute, tip of the cap, lots of love, lots of dap to LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers are pulling that madness off. That is freaking fantastic. I'm not a Cavs fan, but like when you talk about history, man, you know, if you're the fan of any sports team that has gone winless for a very long time as far as championships and all that kind of deal, or maybe has never had one, then that is a super satisfying thing to accomplish. And when you do it, not just to win it, but when you win it in a historic fashion, when you beat a team that everybody essentially thinks is going to beat you, when you come back from a 3-1, you know, sports hole that has and it's never been done, that is legacy, bro. That is championship material. We're going to get into all that stuff, but we got to get some of the friends of the brew up in this piece. Uh, I want me some glory. Yes. We like that, and we know about some glory hole here at the Sports Brew, baby. Yes, sir. You heard him giggle. Let's go ahead and get him in here, man. That's the one and the only Shannon the Twitter Terminator McGuffin. What's up, bruh? This championship reminds me of when the Red Sox broke the curse, man. No bloody socks, though. No bloody socks. Um, but my goodness gracious, man, Woo, what a comeback. Dude, don't call it a comeback. Call it a comeback. That was Herculean, dude. Herculean, man. By the way, quick question. Quick answer. Who wins in an arm wrestling contest, Gronk or David Ortiz? You know, I, I think it would be fun. I think Gronk would win the party afterwards. Yes. <laughs> maybe the actual arm wrestling uh, contest, Ortiz, maybe. But, yeah, do uh, they go lefty or righty, though? That's the thing. Well, you know, go both ways. Go both ways. Is that not? what she said? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Wink, wink. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? We, we, we are sports fans. Who doesn't love a two-way player? <laughs> Let's be real. Hey, hey, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was for you, Lindy. <laughs> you know he enjoys some of our stupidity. I don't know that his wife does, but I know Probably that he not, does since he forces her to listen to us. So. <laughs> that's okay. Sorry, Emily. At least you got your student loans paid off. That's all. <laughs> hey, that's a win. That's a win. Oh man, well, I tell you what. Let's go ahead and get Mark in here. And since I've been doing random stuff for him, you know. Since he was hating on, uh, I don't know, hating on different bands and different things. I'm just going to give him randomness every time we bring him on to the Sports Brew. And tonight, he gets Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. I can live with that. You know we both love our pop music. Wait, did she say Since It's LeBron? Hold on, i got to hear that again. I, I swear that... That would be a good remix of this song. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I, I think so. Us. Yeah. Yeah. Win with LeBron. Since it's LeBron. Yeah, dude, that, that could work. Maybe we need to reach out to Kelly Clarkson for a Sports Brew inspired Since You Be Gone or Since It's LeBron remix. I like that. I'll tell you what, Justin. She's she's in the same baby lane you're like in right now. Oh, is she? I, I'm, yes. I'm, not, I'm not tracking her reproduction cycle so i don't well no she idea. was on american idol and the kids watch it this year so oh. 
she was about ready to pop at the end of the season. So. And isn't this supposed to be like the last year of American Idol? It, it was. It ended in, uh, I think, May. And okay. she had the baby like a week or two afterwards. As you can tell, I did not pay any attention to American Idol. I liked the, like the first season, and then I watched a little of the second, and then after that I didn't care. I didn't either. I just, when Amber was like, oh, Kelly Clarkson's on, I went and watched it, and then yeah. left. So, That's yeah. cool. Actually, you know, Mark, Mark deserves better. He does. Mark deserves better. Maybe we'll go Arctic Monkeys for him. Can can you woo to this anywhere though? Uh, I probably could find a way, but dude, but, we gotta have the woo. You're right. You're right. What's a sports brew without a brew woo? You know what I mean? This is tradition, I'll, gentlemen. I'll, it is. Our next off time, I'll, I'll figure out some other like woo worthy songs. That, that might be good to track. Maybe maybe uh, some of that, like, uh, and there's some new atmosphere, new brother Ali or something. Yeah. But now, yeah, maybe something in there will work for you. But anyway, you ready to hit your cue, bruh? Yes, sir. All right, three brew and fun. Yes, sir. Woo! Woo! That, that was a solid woo. That was more Golden State woo than it was Cleveland Cavaliers woo. I expected a little bit more strength. But you were pulling for the Warriors, so maybe, you know, you're a little bit, uh, you're still in kind of in NBA Finals recovery mode. But you have to at least be excited for, you know, Ingram to the Lakers. Of course. See, sure. I'm, I'm happy about that. I think it's great. He's going he's gonna to bulk up a bit. He needs to. But outside of that, I think he's going to be extremely skilled. So I'm, I'm very excited to see what he can do. It's certainly a huge period of transition for the Lakers. I like, you know, Walton coming in. I'm intrigued by that. Uh, hopefully that's a, you know, not a fail buckets kind of move. But I'm intrigued by it. You know, there's so many, there's so much possibility for the this transition and what the Lakers can do and can be. Obviously, in a post Kobe Bryant era, so I'm just intrigued. And you know, obviously, you know, Mark and I are both Duke fans. Shannon's our resident Kentucky fan, um, but I, you know, I like I, I like Ingram, um, and I, I just I, I don't know. I hope he transitions and delivers at the next level, and I'll be super happy. I'm a pretty casual NBA fan. I don't have, like, some team that I'm, like, dedicated, like, this is my team in the NBA, uh, and I won't pretend otherwise. There are players and teams I root for uh, and that I enjoy when they do well, uh, but it's really more about the story for me. But I didn't grow up, like, with, dedicated to an NBA team. But I don't hate the Lakers. I know plenty of people do, but I don't hate the Lakers. And uh, I don't know. I hope that works out for, for Ingram, man. I'm, I'm stoked about that. So... I will say this. If you're a Lakers fan, have patience. You have got to have patience with Luke Walton because he's not going to turn you around that quick. Well, after the past couple of years, they ought to know they're, they have to have patience. I mean, let's be real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think anybody, anybody's going to be able to. Yeah, exactly. No, nobody could turn around right now. It's, it's, it's a, I think it's a great, great move. It's a great move, but you got to have patience, and let's hope that the Lakers and the Lakers fans have enough patience for him to actually – turn that roster around yeah well you know obviously and we'll get to the Cavaliers and the Warriors that, that's obviously the the main thing driving the podcast tonight but oh, yeah. uh, that being said since we kind of you know started here with a little bit of loosey-goosey chit-chat um, you know the the NBA is going to be very interesting over the next couple of years given the way the salary cap's going all these uh, you know players doing contracts with you know one-year options and all this kind of stuff uh, next year is going to be insane when we get to the off season for the NBA, you know what I mean. So oh, yeah. you know, there, there's going to be so much moving and shaking over the next two years um, as teams and players set themselves up for next year. Uh, there's certainly possibilities for teams to radically alter the landscape of you know in the NBA. And the Lakers 
hopefully, I'm not familiar with all their salary cap situation, but hopefully they'll be prompt to do to do a bit of that, especially if the roster moves they make and the draft choices they make kind of pan out and have you know you got a foundation to really kind of make some leaps. But you know that being said, a lot of teams are going to feel the same way, uh, and I think one thing that's a little bit different with the NBA now, you know, you think back to what LeBron and the Heat did. You know, that was a pretty radical thing, um, but I, I'm certain that that's not the last, you know what I mean? We're going to see more of that, and I think there will be some very, very interesting player possibilities. Uh, whether or not that's going to be completely player-driven, I don't know, but I think the next few years are going to be really, really fascinating fascinating from player movement uh, and where they end up. But anyway, that's maybe that's just me, but I think it could be really, really, really cool. Anyway, I'll tell you what, man, let, let's, uh, let's get back on topic, but get back on point. And uh, raise a glass, man. Raise a glass to some absolute freaking history with the Cavaliers. <laughs> and J.R. Smith, somewhere, I think, finally has a shirt. So kudos to him for, <laughs> for that. <laughs> but Maybe. Ta- I but don't know. Look, you know you've been trending on social media if uh, you know President Obama is finally weighing in on him needing to get a shirt on. I thought it was pretty funny. So, but I, the whole the whole ride's been pretty cool, and you know it, it's it's fascinating to me to think back to, th- to just the way the playoffs really kind of evolved, and you look at uh, particularly the last kind of chunk, uh, not just the NBA the finals part of it, but the conference championships. You know, Golden State digging out of that three one hole and then ending up, you know, being up three one and and having the other team dig their way out of that and get them. Now uh, a lot of things go into that, a lot of pieces go into that. Uh, but it is just such a compelling chunk of storylines, a compelling chunk of of player stories and plays. And, you know, we can talk about some defining moments. Really, Game 7 is going to be so huge. Uh, that's also going to bleed back a little bit into Game 5, uh, which I think most people will readily look at as the turning point, absolute turning point in the series for lots of different reasons. But well, Technically, to end a Game 4 into Game 5. Correct, correct, correct. Uh, but that really manifests itself by the time you're you're in game five and it sets the stage. And, you know, we joked around a little bit about it, but, you know, you, if, if you can force a game seven, you, you never quite know what's going to happen. And, you know, LeBron did have some post-game, you know, obviously he did interviews with everybody under the sun. Uh, and one of the things he talked about was that he liked his chances against any, anybody, any team in a game seven. By the time you get to that point, when you're down 3-1, when you've become the aggressor, right, and, and you have fought your way back and you have that kind of confidence and that kind of momentum, game seven, man, that, that's anything goes. It's very different. And, you know, the last time we recorded, we talked about a lot of the pressure that would be on Golden State to have been up 3-1 and to have it slip away and slip away and slip away and then just, you know, I don't think they played their best basketball at, at the back end. We, people can you can hate on the officiating if you want. That's fair commentary. Um, the physicality hurt Golden State. I think it's fair to say they, you know, maybe they were a little bit tired and they couldn't hit some of their shots, but they did get sloppy in some points. They did have some unfortunate turnovers. And, you know, when it mattered the most in the end, they didn't play up to what kind of really the, what they had been and what a lot of people expected. Some of that is injury. Some of that's fatigue. Some of that's pressure. Some of it's just how well the Cavaliers played when they looked like they were beaten down and done to rally back. Um, and that, that's a massive credit to the Cavaliers. Uh, and Game 7, for all the blowouts we had in the NBA playoffs and for how lopsided a lot of games were, Game 7 to me was absolutely, incredibly compelling. Yes. Keep in mind, in Game 7, uh, 11 ties and 20 lead changes. 
I mean, that's nuts. But particularly in, in the context of what, they, what the postseason has been. Hell, even in the context of what the first, first part of the series was. <laughs> you know, very, very nuts. Uh, obviously, huge kudos to the Cavaliers for you know getting it done. First team to come back from a three-one deficit to win the NBA Finals. Uh, Thirty-two other teams have been down three-one and you know just lost. And they're also the fourth team in NBA Finals history to win a Game Seven on the road. Wow! So they accomplished a lot, and uh, you know that deserves massive kudos. But you know, for a while, you know, and I, I was thinking about it. And last week we talked about how it would be an epic choke job, and uh, you know, on some level it is, but. After watching Game 7, I almost felt bad saying it was a choke job by the Warriors. I think other parts of the series were. I don't think Game 7 was the choke, right? Game 7, I thought, was phenomenal. Uh, some people would call that a coin flip game. Um, and I almost felt bad saying, well, you know, the Warriors choked. But the reality is, it, in the context of the series, to be up 3-1, they had some self-inflicted wounds. They didn't play as well as they could have. They, they had some sloppy pay, play. They had some turnovers. That, you know, the there's any number of variables that go into that. So as much as I hate to call it a choke, they still on some level, it's pretty defensible if you say that, right? Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> <laughs> but the game, game seven was so good, it almost outweighed some of that for me. You know what I mean? Anyway, go yeah, ahead. What were you saying, Shannon? Yeah. I mean, when you're talking game, the end of game four, and we we crushed Draymond Green last week yes. for this. You're going home for game five. And you've got game four wrapped up and it's just like, you know, and we, that's when we broke out, let it go. You just sometimes, even when it's the worst of worst or you feel disrespected, sometimes you just have to let things go because game five had Draymond Green played. I mean, you've got all the momentum in the world and you've got Cleveland basically out the door. You just had to kick them and finish it off, but you get yourself and you're on the edge of being suspended for a game. Sometimes you just have to ha let cooler heads prevail. And he gets himself, you know, he hits LeBron in the nuts, gets suspended, and you put your team in jeopardy. Now, in that game, particularly, Kyrie and LeBron go off for 41 each. Right. That's the, the last game of Kobe's career where you just emptied a chamber. That's LeBron and Kyrie saying, okay. We're just going to just go off, and if we lose, we lose. We go down swinging. Um, I think Clay dropped 37 in that game, if I'm not mistaken, D-Stat. Is that the game where he went off for, like, 37? Uh, yes, I believe you're correct. Okay. I I felt like Clay did the same thing. I just mm -hmm. didn't feel like Steph or the rest of the team uh, did their part in that game. And I, I think Steve Kerr really – kind of missed an opportunity there to just say, listen, fellas, we're missing Draymond. And I know during the third quarter they lost Bogut, which hurt them immensely down the stretch. But I just didn't think that they emptied the chamber the same way that Cleveland did. Game six, I mean, that was just... If you get to a game six on your opponent's home court and their backs are against the wall, nine times out of ten you're just going to get your butt whooped. And that's just what happened in that game. Cleveland was just flat out awesome in that game. And then, like you say, Justin, once you get to a game seven, it's all hands on deck. Anything can happen. It doesn't matter who has the home court. 
You're going to throw everything in the kitchen sink you have into that game, which is why game five was so pivotal. Right. To go ahead and just end that series then, because game six, that means you have to go on the road. And generally speaking, Cleveland has a great home court advantage. And it's just an extra game that your guys have to play. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Cleveland only lost two games at home in the playoffs. Yeah. And, and well, obviously b- both to uh, – I might have to double check, but I'm pretty sure they, they didn't lose to anybody else at, at in their building other than Golden State. Right. I mean, in Golden State, my goodness gracious, all year I think it lost maybe – once or twice, including home and playoffs, they they lost two games at home in a regular season. They they're the fourth team uh, in NBA history with more home losses in the playoffs. In this case, three than they had in the regular season. And look, I get it that Kerr probably felt pretty uh, confident going in, whether he had Game Five or Game Seven, because sure. of that record. But at the same point. If you're going on the road in game six, chances are you're probably not going to win that game, which makes game five all the more important. Well, you know, it's one of those things. In my opinion. I mean, oh, sure, this, is, sure. this is looking back 2020. Uh, oh, know, absolutely. I mean, yeah. But it just makes you think that maybe, maybe Golden State should have just kicked it up a notch, a couple of notches at that game five. It just kind of. From my perspective, Game Five felt like uh, we don't have Draymond. Oh, we were close. We'll get him next time. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, Kirk came out and talked about how they couldn't. You know, you can't mess around with those things. No, and it's not like he was saying they were messing around, but you know, they didn't finish. And you know, great, fair or not, great teams. You have to finish. You got to seal the deal. You got to finish. You got to close them out. But um, we're talk. We're talking about LeBron James. We're talking sure. about a top 10 all-time NBA player here who you don't want to give him a second or a third chance. No, now, I mean, you're playing with fire. Yeah, you, you're, you're playing with fire, and eventually when you play a fire, you get burnt. Charles Oakley, who it doesn't get brought up very much at this point, <laughs> other than when we reminisce about Oak being a beast back in his next days, but Oakley was talking about how you know, when you go seven games, when you go seven games deep, your legs get tired. And I'm paraphrasing all of this. Uh, and it's hard to post up and score. In regards specifically to the Warriors, he said, how are they going to score if they have no post game whatsoever? You well, know, and, and here's the thing. Like, Golden State, and and let's think of a, a boxing match for with a big, you know, strong man versus a lighter, quicker person. Sure. Okay. That lighter, quicker person for a few rounds, it's going to run circles around him and just try to hit jabs here and there and get back so he doesn't get hit. But eventually, those legs are going to tire out and that big guy's going to connect because he's just... He doesn't have to do all that movement. He just boom, 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 boom while that little guy's going, you know, moving all around. Eventually, that big guy's going to wear you down or you're just going to wear yourself out from all that moving. And, it, you know, that's kind of like with the Splash Brothers. I get that Steph Curry was injured, uh, had those injuries. But, you know, when it's the NBA Finals, you cannot make excuses. No, and he didn't. I mean, in his, in his postgame thing, somebody asked him, like, if, if they thought, you know, uh, his play was more mental or physical. And, 
you know, I mean, he he, he said missing the time didn't help him. Uh, obviously, the injuries are a piece of that, but you know, I mean, you got to get out there and play. You know what I mean? Right. And I mean, and he I did, don't expect a guy like Steph Curry to make excuses. No, he, uh, he didn't. Not when you're a two-time MVP, right? Uh, stand-up guy like he is. Um, yeah, I don't expect him to make excuses, and, and most guys that are at that level, I don't expect them to make excuses. Right, and he didn't. Um, he didn't. But but I mean, I, I I think like the the Warriors took some ownership for their mistakes. It's just it came a little late, and you know I you know we talked about the pressure last week, and you know the the game seven pressure, and you know I think you have a very stark contrast in the team's approach to this particular series. You know, LeBron kind of had that very calm kind of deal going on. Uh, and the Warriors on the surface, you know, I, I think by the time you watch the games, you hear the postgame pressers, you know, they hit it pretty well on, on some level. But at the same token, that was a team that, you know, again, I think the pressure factored in. Um, they weren't quite the same as they were in the regular season. There's reasons for that. Um, the style of play of the NBA Finals, they let them kind of go out a little bit. They couldn't quite adjust past As that. As they should. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I, I'm fine with that. In this, in let this, the players decide let, it, not let the, the players go. Now, some people would say, well, you know, they called it in a way that benefited Cleveland. Okay, that's fine. But, you know, all the, the coaches can make adjustments. <laughs> they, they can do stuff. Oh, yeah. um, who was that dude that ended up on LeBron James at one time? Uh, had a, a, a Zeely? <laughs> Festus is easy. I mean, really, y'all? Come on, man. <laughs> it's the Festivus for the rest of us? No, stop. It was a bad idea. <laughs> Terrible, as Charles Barkley might say. Terrible. Azili. God. Anyway. So, all right. So, I, I watched a quick replay. Uh-huh. And this is the first half, the stats of the first half. Cavaliers, 14 of 22 in the paint. One of six from mid-range jumpers. One of fourteen th- from three-point range. So there you go. You have the big boxer with those inside jabs, just kind of like doing that. Doesn't really land any, you know, big shots. Mm-hmm. Golden State in the paint, six of sixteen in the first half from mid-range to a eight three-point range, ten of twenty-one. Now you look at those stats and you're like, oh man, they they should be cruising. They were only up seven. So it's like that the the big guys like mm-hmm. okay, he's he's taking a few hits, but he's he's not out of it by any means. Right. It just kind of feels like that was a series in a nutshell. Uh-huh. You know, the Golden State early on just just bam, 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 just running circles around them. You know, Cleveland gets a quick round. Golden State gets the you know, the game four where they steal it from Cleveland and you're like, this thing's over. And then, <laughs> like we say, there's the dumb move by Draymond, which turned this, absolutely turned this series on its head. I well, mean, let, let's make no mistake about it. No, I mean, and, and again, he, he knows that. I mean, we I, all, I mean, we all know that if he plays in that game five, I think it's a different story. We're well, not most, having this podcast. Yeah, most people agree with you. But um, you know, I mean, uh, you, but at the end of the day, he did what he did, and that's what happened. I, I mean, it's his own fault. It's his own fault. But, and he, I think he's owned it, and that's one of the things. Like in retrospect, with these guys, I think they've owned it. First you half know? for Draymond, though. Mm-hmm. Twenty-two points, five of five from three-point range, six rebounds, five assists. Not shabby. And, 
And he, he, I think he was either one assist or one rebound shot of a triple-double in this game. Oh, so my Draymond, God! Yeah. <laughs> so Draymond played a pretty damn good game in this Game 7. Right. I mean, Game 6 was crappy for him, but that man balled out in Game 7. Yeah, the thing that was kind of odd to me, though, when you look at the, the unevenness of the Warriors, right? And I don't know how you know, how much Bogut's absence plays into that and Iguodala not being quite right. You know, they had some game flow problems. Obviously, uh, you know, Harrison Barnes had a couple of ugly spots. I don't know, man. It's like, you know, when you look back at the game, there, there are times that they were overly reliant on you know, the, the three ball, obviously, and then forcing shots. I think they left a lot on the table. And some of it at the end of the day, I think the Cavaliers played better team basketball. Right, I think they made better adjustments in certain areas. I think they executed better in certain things. Certainly in dealing with some of the switches uh, that they made. Uh, I think and, the Cavaliers' defense really just kind of just rude the day for them. Uh, there were a few times in this game seven, like Steph Curry just would shoot a three and he hit the backboard. Like he just missed so well, bad. Clay Thompson airballed a three. Yeah, I mean the Splash Brothers had some issues, but. I mean, even th- think back to the end of Game 7 when they got Kevin Love all up on Steph Curry. And, I mean, there's like – like I'm not saying he could have drove to the basket for an easy layup, but he, there was a lot of room to operate. And, I mean, he was just out there flat out searching for a three. I get However, it. It's late game, I understand. But still, but it, but it felt like that was kind of typical in certain spots that they were just fishing for the three and they left other stuff on the table. Now, maybe if they have Bogut, maybe that doesn't happen. I don't know. Maybe if Iguodala's healthy, maybe that doesn't happen. I don't know. You know, those guys are what they are, and they went they went for the big plays at times, and they, they were aggressive, but perhaps uh, not, like, efficiently and or, like, wisely aggressive, if that makes any sense. Sometimes you need the reckless abandon, and, and when that's going, that, that's great. But other, makes t- sense. other times you got to be like, all right, all right, this is the situation. Let me tighten up a little bit. And, again, this is all revisionist history. If their right. shots were dropping, they win that game, but their shots weren't dropping. And so they left other stuff on the table because they, you know, they kept hoisting up the threes when they couldn't. They weren't hitting enough. Right. And, and but I will say this though, Kevin Kevin Love came to play in Game Seven. Now, points wise, he may not have been awesome. He didn't take the Mark Gray slump buster <laughs> uh, way he should have gone. But Dude. the man did hit the boards uh, very well in this game, and I'd say he defended very well. If I asked you, uh, Mark, yes, who do you think the player with the best plus minus was in Game Seven? <laughs> um, I'll go Kevin Love. It in fact was Kevin Love. Yeah, plus nineteen in Game wow. Seven. That was the best on the team in the game. The Cavaliers uh, were outscored by fifteen with Love off of the floor. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, you know, and again, that's one of those things where you go, God, you know, if Bo gets there, is, is he getting all those rebounds? And then some of that's the quality of the shots. You know what I mean? Because right. at times it feels like Golden State would hoist up some shots. And I think, Mark, I think you may have talked about this last week where it's like it's not like they're set up. You know, when they're going in, it's great. You know what I mean? But when they're not going in, if you're just hoisting up shots and your team's not positioned, it's you're, you're putting up a bad shot and you're essentially giving away the rebounds or you're giving away the – you know the you know a chance for to either extend a possession or get the ball back. Absolutely, I think that was you last week, wasn't it? It, 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 it was. 
I'll say flip flip side. I mean, I <laughs> obviously it all worked out worked out just fine for for the Cavs in the sure. end. I was getting baffled by their fourth quarter offense, where I mean they were taking the entire clock every single possession, and to me it was you know just typically 85 percent of the time LeBron you know out around the perimeter just dribble 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 tries to take the basket. You know, warriors surround him, and either he's going to try to take a contested shot, or maybe make one pass for somebody to take a shot. I mean, I as, as you know, much as I wanted the Warriors, I mean, I was appreciating. Yeah, you know, I, I felt like, it, yeah, they were scoring some, but I felt like for the most part, it, it was wasted possessions. I mean, I this, it was just bizarre. Uh, I don't know who. I mean, I guess you assume that comes from 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 Lou. I understand if you're up big, running the clock, right? But I just, I, I don't really feel like. That logic was making any sense, um, but they, they weren't. I mean, even though it wasn't working for a long stretch, I mean, both teams had you know, pretty bad stretches, obviously. You know, and they, there were some ugly at the very end of that game. Well, when when you know when <laughs> when, when teams, the, the Warriors sco- scored two points in the last you know four and a half minutes of the rows for the four and a half minutes of the, of the fourth quarter. Three and a half. Um, in the four and a fi- half. in the four final five, they went scoreless the last four and a half. In the last five and a half minutes of the game, Golden State scored two points. They shot one for ten. They did not have a single free throw, and they were zero for seven from uh, three. I mean that that's you, that's you, you, you tip your cap to the Cavaliers defense, yeah. but that's 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 just can't happen. And, and so, you know, it's, it's you know, I think you, you absolutely have to, you know, put put it on both. I mean, quality defense, but, you know, just, I don't know, panicking. Um, that, that is not, not running your offense. I don't know. I, I, I was just baffled. Maybe they could have um, sent Spieth out there to take a bunch of threes, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the last chunk of time in that game was not necessarily that pretty. I mean, we just talked about what Golden State did. I mean, in the last 5:30, the Cavs had 10 points. They were two and nine uh, shooting, but they were four or five from free, you know, hitting free throws. Obviously, one uh, there was a six-point swing because LeBron got fouled going for a three. Um, well, to be fair, he just jacked that shut up when he knew he was getting a contact. But he, he hit all three of those. Uh, obviously, got uh, I think it was when he went up when uh, Kyrie fed him the ball at the very end when he was going for the like the five slam and jamma let's seal the deal up slam and Draymond Green you know got up in his pie hole and he looked like he broke his wrist but then he was okay he missed that one free throw then hit the second one so they were four or five on free throws and they were two of two from behind the arc one obviously being LeBron the other being that absolute uh, just phenomenal shot that Kyrie hit uh, with Curry in his face so pretty key but anyway uh, keep going Mark well I was gonna say rolling it back um, a bit like because certainly, you know, Shannon made I think a lot of great points about, you know, how mu- how much wider the the margin should have been at halftime. What 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 did you feel at halftime, Kevin? Well, you got to remember, like uh, I missed the first half of the game. <laughs> I, I, I was setting you up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, I did miss the. I did miss the. <laughs> yeah, that was my. Ba- hey, look, man, family time. I was doing yeah. family things. And I, I thought the game started a, uh, a little later than it did, and I had forgotten to set the DVR. So that's a big uh, look. I'll give myself the fail horn of the night. <laughs> does that make you happy? <laughs> there you go. It does. But, but yeah, we, th- we, thanks. Thanks. Hey, <laughs> dude, dude, dude's in, in New Baby Land. Gotta, gotta get your sleep and you can get it. I get it. Mark just gave me like a. Uh, I can't believe he just gave me a drive by fail. <laughs> that's. A, that's <laughs> That's amazing. Thanks, Mark. Hey, you're welcome. Good to see you.
and I hate you. Anyway, I'm just kidding. <laughs> turn it, turn about a fair play. <laughs> no, it, it's all good. I was, I figured no. one of y'all were gonna get me with that. <laughs> oh! <laughs> um, I, I turned the game on. I'm like, oh crap! It's halftime. <laughs> uh, I'm Damn sure it! You were mad. I would've been so mad. I was like, oh, I can't believe it. Anyway, I mean, I feel like come NFL season, even when you know you're gonna be watching the games, you always have all the the football games. I do. I well, maybe you'd have a DVR. So, so no, you were I, Mr. I, T, right? I thought I thought that I had recorded the series for the NBA Finals, and I had not. I almost feel like that gets a double fail, but yeah, you know, that's that's yeah. We'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll let it go. <laughs> really? Man, yeah. Mark's like going just bazookas here. Hey, Captain, it's okay, man. Just shake it off. Dude, y'all are just cruel. <laughs> Shannon. Oh, we needed a musical interlude, you know? Shannon, Shannon. <laughs> Son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Speaking of drinks, I'm out of drinks. Where are we on the podcast? Oof. Well, apparently, since we're shaking it off and we're letting it go and we're breaking free of segment one Uh Christ almighty let's just do everything (laughs) people have to be like what is wrong with these guys these tracks they won't let die they've been using them for five years it won't go away oops we did it again I don't know (laughs) anyway oh my god you guys kill me kill me Anyway, uh, we're over 30, so we can, we can take a break. I mean, I, I, obviously we have a ton of stuff uh, still to get to. Uh, and con- I mean, I just think Game 7, to me, uh, obviously, as we get farther away from it, we may look back at it a little bit, little bit differently. But in the moment, I felt like that was one of the most compelling Game 7s um, and ends to a playoff series that I've seen in a long, long, long time. Yes. Um, and, and I think part of that was just... You know, when we recorded the other week, you know, we certainly talked about calling our shots, and I was like, well, you know, both teams can win. And I gave a slight lean to the Warriors, and really it was like, it was one of those things where I was like, my head says the Warriors and my heart says the Cavaliers. It was like one of those. And it, it just, you know, I mean, I think if you love sports, even if you hate LeBron, I was looking at you, Skip Bayless, uh, even if you hate LeBron, but if you love sports, man, think about the just the body of what that means oh my god dude winning for your home your home is great a guy collapsing on the floor in tears is great uh all the crap that happened to him during the season is great plus golden state got him last year oh by the way by the way can we get uh, uh can it can it be go- i know this is going to disappoint randy can we get golden state and uh cleveland again next year and go for, you know best of three <laughs> I'm down. You know, can they both be healthy though? That way, nobody has any excuses. Healthy Cleveland, healthy Golden State. <laughs> I'm telling you, third time was a charm. Then we'll settle all the debates. Uh, I'm down, man. I'm know. down. As long as it goes seven, I don't care. As long as it goes seven, I don't care. Yeah, but uh, I, I don't know. Again, you know, at the end of the day, I just I really enjoyed Game Seven. 
Um, I like the reactions on Twitter. Obviously, I just the, like the contrast. The the, the the crying Jordans, of course, blew up. Left a touch oh on that. That uh, I still love those. I know some people are like they're so tired of them, but I still love the crying Jordans. I just think they're so good. Some uh, people are so creative with those, though. Oh. It's 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 just phenomenal. The the cake cutting one just. <laughs> well, to take the cliche, it took the cake for me. But <laughs> speaking of that, that it, was awesome. That was great. Uh, one of my other favorite ones was the by Aisha. I was dying. <laughs> I was yes. dying on that. That was freaking brilliant. Whoever came up with that was absolutely brilliant. I hope they actually made that shirt and sold it. That was well played. That was well played. But I tell you what, let's go ahead and take a break. Uh, Mark, uh, Mark seems a little bit mellow tonight, so hopefully he has uh, tugs on a couple of <laughs> sips of beer, uh, maybe does an energy drink, gives himself some more, uh, you know, kidney pains, and uh, goes and sugars up and caffeine's up, man. Uh, it, you, you have two kidneys, man. Go ahead and, and layer them up with. Uh, oh, dude, don't be doing that. Stuff. <laughs> get feisty, man. Get feisty and fun, D-Stat. Uh, well, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk some more about Game Seven. Uh, historical context got a lot of fun numbers and a lot of a lot of uh, significant statistics uh from all this stuff uh, that obviously lead themselves over into like big kudos so we'll just celebrate all the way we'll see if we talk very much about the nba draft probably not but uh, maybe we'll touch on a few things i still think uh by the way one of my favorite all-time reactions is when porzingis got drafted last year i love that and how wrong how wrong that fan ended up being that's Those fans. Yeah, well, a lot of people, man. They booed him. Yeah, they they, they booed it. Yeah, well, they went kind of crazy. But you know what? Sometimes that's how it goes. Anyway, mm-hmm. I tell you, let's go ahead and take a break. <clears throat> I may, I also may have to get the baby. So the baby might be hanging out with us for segment two and segment three. You never know. <laughs> uh, anyway, Thanks. I'm the captain. We're the sports brew. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, well, I get, I keep saying, I don't know if Brady Love Brady Love's funnel cake is dead or what. I have no idea anymore. But uh, keywords of sports and brew, uh, Spark Sports, some other ones. Radio uh, Blitz. Radio Blitz, Google Live Play. LiveSportsCaster. LiveSportsCaster.com, man. The main feed is on Podbean. So subscribe away, friends, and it will automatically download to your junk when we have a new episode up. That's always a win, too. But uh, <laughs> we'll be right back in just a minute. Take a little break, stretch your legs, get a little fresh air, and uh, refresh our beverages. That is right. Be right back. Yes, sir. I had to stretch our legs for a couple of minutes, but we are back, and uh, I have some breaking news here, man. This this is like the apocalypse has happened. <laughs> the world is ending. Look, Burger King has something called Mac and Cheetos. It is deep fried macaroni and cheese with a Cheetos breading. What on Dude, earth? My artery's just hardened hearing that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Holy crap! Because you know when I eat Cheetos, that's the first thing I think of is things I can like. I need more cheese on it. I need liquid cheese with my powdered cheese. And you know, honestly, Mark, I think the Cheetos. I think if there's any food that should be like totally have a sponsorship for the Patriots, it should be Cheetos. (laughs) (laughs) That's for you, Mark. That's not for Lindy. That's for you, Mark. I appreciate that, (laughs) even though. I don't agree with it, but I just think the setup was too good. I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. Sorry. I mean, seriously, Roger dude. Goodell concurs. <laughs> of course he does. They also lost the video. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Mac and Cheetos. Really, Burger King? 
that that is heavy do heavy heavy duty right there. Uh, other four ra- ways than one. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's probably a lot of duty afterwards too. Um, <laughs> hey, man. But uh, it, it, speaking of like random fast food like notes, uh, somewhere KFC in India is offering a chicken box meal that charges your phone. No joke. They have a box. They have a specially designed box for a meal they're doing. And it has a battery in it, and you can charge your cell phone. Has a no. U- has a USB connector no. on it. Yeah, seriously, man. Seriously. That, that, no, no. I it's, can't. No. It, it's a limited edition, and it's called the Watt Watt box. <laughs> <laughs> it's. <laughs> That's a whole bunch of nope right there. <laughs> I like it, apparently to add a quote an element of utility end quote to the otherwise humble paper boxes. So they have an online contest, and then some are being gifted to customers at select stores. That's a very interesting promotion. Very interesting promotion. <laughs> but so so Mac and Cheetos and the Water Box. Yeah, yeah. Fun times, Tur- man. Tur- Fun- terrible. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Come on, man. That's sweet. Don't lie. <laughs> Don't lie, man. Anyway, whew, Mac and Cheetos. Nobody's gonna give a damn. <laughs> Son of a bitch. That's definitely one of those, I've been out drinking. What food can I order that makes no sense? But since oh, I'm sauced, <laughs> since I'm drunk, what do I need to eat? <gasps> Mac and Cheetos. You know that's going to be on the on the drunk do, to-do list. <laughs> you know it. Taco Bell and then Burger King's Mac and Cheetos. And, uh, you know, that's, that definitely deserves the... Hashtag I regret nothing <laughs> kind of deal, <laughs> you know, in the morning because I can't imagine the follow ups any good to that. But uh, anyway, anyway, good times, man. Well, let's shift gears and get back, uh, get back to the game. Uh, all kidding aside, I think uh, baby must have uh, gone back to sleep because Sarah said I was off the hook, so she must have decided to pass out. Uh, so she probably got, uh, you know, uh, a little feeding there. <laughs> Well played, Sarah. Well played. So, anywho, look, the 52-year wait for a championship in Cleveland, over. Uh, Last time, uh, they had a pro sports title of any kind, the 1964 Cleveland Browns, uh, obviously the first title in Cavaliers franchise history. That obviously is all phenomenal. Um, I loved uh, looking at LeBron just kind of, you know, once his thing was over, I loved him, just the emotion coming out, man. And, yeah, uh, look, let's be fair, man. A lot of people deserve some some kudos. Uh, LeBron is is the kind of face of that franchise. He's the face of the Cavaliers, and so people are going to gloss him up. Uh, and some of that, a lot of it's very very well deserved because his postseason numbers are ridiculous. Okay, <laughs> go go ahead, Mark. In the finals, he led all teams in scoring, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. Yes, that's nonsense. That's that's extreme nonsense. That he, so I mean that I, I I don't know if you all saw any of this, you know, comedy 
and and again, I'm not the huge I'm not a huge pro LeBron person. I, right. I, I think I talked about it last week. I'm I respect current LeBron a lot more than I did early in his career. Right. Early in his career with the decision and all, I I thought that was just such a incredibly dumb move, and so I held that against him for a while. But I think he came back to Cleveland the right way. The 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 letter that I, I like is being passed around, you know, a lot. Uh, again, for people to look at, it. that was great. The the, the note he you know, wrote uh, for Sports Illustrated, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, as our article, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. but anyway, you know, there's you know still a, a whole lot of LeBron hate out there, and I think that's pretty silly if you don't appreciate you know what an incredible athlete he, what he is and what he does for the game of basketball. But regardless, uh, I saw more than the, more than just a couple people trying to say that Kyrie is who should have gotten the MVP of the finals <laughs> because of that final shot. That was three points. It was it was a phenomenal shot. That was a great was shot. An absolutely phenomenal shot. But he was silent in the first two games. And, you know, when, when a player, which of course it's never been done before, when a player leads both teams in five categories for an entire series, that's the MVP right there. There's there's just it's not even one of those where anybody can intelligently debate another player should have gotten it. No, it just, hey, there just isn't. Look, hey, when when Cleveland's backs were against the wall, games five, six, and seven, elimination games. LeBron game five, forty one. Game six, forty one. Game seven, triple double. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just gonna. But drop if anybody the deserves some mac and Cheetos, <laughs> damn it, it's LeBron. Look, look, he he's the first player. Mark, you're right, and this is one of those, those things that, you know, in context of the series, you got to talk about. The first player in NBA playoff history, okay, to lead both teams in points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks in any series ever, ever. Don't forget minutes. Ever. Yeah. Minutes played. Ever. <laughs> All right. Ever. That's That has never happened before. Hey, Justin. Forever, yes. ever? Forever, ever. <laughs> All right, forever, ever. I mean, it's ridiculous. And you know, Kyrie. I, I think Kyrie deserves major kudos, man. I, I feel absolutely. like he he, yes, he, he absolutely stepped on to the big stage. I think he you know delivered in a lot of key moments, um, and, and you know deserves plenty of credit. Um, what, what I don't think you can take anybody for MVP of the series over LeBron. <laughs> that's just I just think that's impossible and it's not just based on numbers right but I mean the net the numbers speak for themselves but it, it's more than that uh, I think it's the you know it, it's a team-oriented aspect you know component to that and how he was like he's been through a lot of this stuff he's dealt with the hate from the press he's dealt with the idiocy of Skip Bayless for the entire duration of his career and he's done, you know what I mean? He's dealt with all that. And he certainly, there was something about him in this particular series where it, whether you want to say he was driven, whether he was calm, cool, collected, you know, dump on whatever word you want. Uh, that team, he and that team could have folded. And they didn't. And they didn't. And it takes, it takes the coaches, it takes the players, it takes the team to dig out of that. And, you know, Kyrie talked about, uh, about the team and how the only way they could have come back from that was to believe that they could come back from that. It's the only way, right? That that's yeah. a, There's a team orientation. And by the way, I actually thought, uh, you know, Kyrie was very articulate in a lot of the postgame stuff when he was talking, you know, people were asking him questions, man. That's a guy that actually you know, clearly thinks a little bit about, you know, what he's going to say. Uh, so I appreciated that. 
But well, think about this. Game five, LeBron takes over early. You know, he goes off early in that game, mm-hmm. gives the rest of his team confidence, and in that second half, Kyrie just just went bananas. You you want to know something absolutely disgusting? Sure. Okay. First, before I forget, uh, James and Irving, they're the third pair of teammates to average 27 points per game in an NBA final series. Number one. But let me tell you something absolutely filthy. Hold on. Do you know the other two? Uh, off the top of my head, no. I'd have to look it up. Okay. Okay. But for the series, because I had some other stuff that was, you know, I thought was a little bit more relevant in context here. Okay. For the series, LeBron scored or assisted on 50% of the Cavaliers' points. Wow. Filthy. Over the last three games, LeBron scored or assisted on 57% of the Cavaliers' points. That's filthy. I mean, that's outright disgusting. Yeah. Outright disgusting. So when you talk about the MVP, the numbers are certainly there, but I think as kind of the coach on the floor and you know feeding his teammates at the right time and, and you know pulling them up and setting them up, uh, I think, you know, did a lot. So uh, Irving, I, I thought, stepped up in a lot of things. Yeah, I was, you know, again, if you're a Cavaliers fan, you got to feel good about that, uh, about what his future is. Um, LeBron, as far as you know, staying calm and healthy. Yeah, well, of course. Uh, you know, somebody actually in one of the post game pressers, somebody asked him about you know, Mark. Uh, you referenced the decision, and uh, obviously that's and with with LeBron, he's never going to totally escape that. It's always going to come up. You know, that's part of his legacy. It's, it's part of his story, if you will. And he was asked about that. You know, what about the people that were upset with you when you left and all that kind of stuff. And I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said, you know what, that's yesterday's news. I don't think anyone is reading yesterday's newspaper. They're reading tomorrow's. So mm-hmm. he's very cognizant of what that meant and what that represented. But he's also very self-aware that he came home and, you know, part of his motivation was essentially people telling him that it was a huge mistake. It was a huge – it was a – I think uh, – the quote was something like, it was the biggest mistake of my career going back to Cleveland. You know what I mean? And, and there were people that were that were pissed at him. Now, I don't know who that was. Was it Riley? I don't know. Was it a teammate? I don't know. Was it somebody in the Heat organization? I don't know. Um, I don't I don't know if a name ever got uh, directly attached to that. Uh, I think it was Pat Riley. But um, that being said, you know, a, a different kind of pressure, and he, and he delivered, right? He, he delivered. And you know, in that, they also asked him, you know, how'd you remain so calm going into game seven? And again, this is where I think in context it's important. And he said, uh, you know, the game always gives back to people that are true to the game. I've watched it. I know the history of the game. And I was just calm. And he joked around about all the movies, The Godfather and all that other stuff that he's been <laughs> watching. So that was kind of funny. But, you know, LeBron is, is very, very self-aware. Even if you don't like him, he's very cognizant of the history of the game and of what he did. And I think he was very genuine with his letter when he went back to Cleveland. I think he was very genuine. But, you know, realistically, when I look back on it, I hated the decision I did. Uh, But I think that was something for his development as a player, as a person, uh, to kind of get away from Cleveland and and step outside of those bounds was probably really good for him from a developmental standpoint. It was like him going to college. Yeah, and and just, you know, not having a hometown, doing something, you know, for him – uh, obviously, he got the, the championship monkey off his back, uh, and he also forced you know Gilbert and that that franchise to understand where they were and what they needed to do. Um, oh, yeah. So, th- so that's all you know, all very relevant uh, in those things. 
speaking of Riley, here's something that was super random. Uh, Coach Lou, and I love looking at old pictures of him when he has like his hair all braided and he's playing. I think it was for the Hornets. <laughs> and it's so funny seeing these old school pictures of him on the court. It's really weird. But uh, he's the third coach to win an NBA title after taking over at midseason. Two other men have done it. Shannon, you want to wager a guess? Oh, golly. One man, um, has, one man has done it twice. We were just talking about him, bro. Pat Riley? Pat Riley did it with the Heat in 2006 and the Lakers in 82. Wow. Okay. Random side note to that, the other the other person that did it, also a Lakers head coach, uh, Paul Westhead in 1980. Yeah. Just thought it was like super, like super random. Wow. But, yeah. Paul Westhead? Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. Who, who, like Riley, when you think about it, Riley makes sense. Right. But, but Westhead. Because I remember in 2006 he took over yeah. after they, who did they yeah. fire that year? I don't know. You'd have to go back and I look. I don't know. So, and, and by the way, David Blatt, can somebody ship that dude a championship ring just for just for funsies? <laughs> hey, and, and don't spell his name David Peters, okay? <laughs> get, hey. his, get his name right. Anderson Barajal <laughs> gets a championship ring. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Why not? How crazy is that? Oh my Regardless, God. because even if he did bump LeBron in that game, I mean, he, you know, it's all right. He still gets one. <laughs> They um, may misspell his name, but, but that may not be on purpose. They, they may, they may. <laughs> you know, a, qu- a quick, Go quick stupid, stupid thing for me about the I finals. Like, that's, uh, I like stupid things from you. I worry, I'll, I'll forget about it if I don't bring it up. But uh, I don't know if both of you. I bet, I bet at least one of you saw about this, if not both of you. But the the great Stephen A. Smith you know, thing where he's now picked the wrong winner in six straight years. <laughs> Didn't know that, but that seems fitting. Somebody, somebody, somebody put put together a YouTube uh, clip of of, of uh, <laughs> Matt mashed them all up. Uh, so yeah, he's he's picked the wrong winner in six straight years. So apparently he's got his own curse. At least he's consistent. Yeah. He, uh, Embrace the bait, bro. Embrace the bait. Stephen A. Smith, man. Here's your <laughs> Stephen A. Smith. I'll, I'll flip this because you know, you know, Skip Bayless, everybody's favorite punching bag, and why Whitfield likes him so much, I I, I don't know, but he does like Fox News, so I think that explains everything. But uh, <laughs> Skip, Skip Bayless obviously leaving. And I, I, I think in, in the context of ESPN, you can't really separate out Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless. They're just intertwined, man. Uh, and they're great at what they did. You know, but accuracy sure. is not important for that. Just to get people pissed, you don't need to be accurate. Uh, and this is, go, goes back a little bit to what you're saying, Mark. And uh, Skip Bayless did say, he tweeted out, how can Kyrie Irving not be the finals MVP after his last four games? So that was pretty <laughs> so funny. Stupid. I know. But I loved I loved the replies that uh, people were tweeting back at him. And I liked this one in particular. Uh, it says, quote, uh, retweeting Skip Bayless causes genital warts and frogs. <laughs> <laughs> and then perhaps the best one, perhaps the best one. Go ahead, Mark. Oh, I said that's very specific. <laughs> yeah. Uh, perhaps the best one I thought was uh, Rich Eisen, man. And, and he tweeted out, and the best part at King James ends at real Skip Bayless's career at ESPN that he built by trolling him, by shutting him the <laughs> F up. <laughs> I thought that was great. But y- you know there's something to be said when you have uh, analyst on analyst crime or ESPN on ESPN crime or any of that stuff. So Scott Van Pelt did a piece the other night on Sports Center, and I thought it was just absolutely spot on in this context again you know there's plenty of people that are going to hate on lebron you've got your reasons some of those maybe they're valid but uh, this was really directed in my opinion 
uh, at Skip Bayless and some of that kind of attitude and that kind of uh, that kind of deal when going after LeBron. So I thought this was well played and well done. But you don't usually see this when it gets to the analysts, particularly when they're from the same network. Granted, Bayless is leaving, but still, uh, I think free between the lines. I think you know what he's saying. With LeBron James now unimpeachable, back-to-back 41-point games and then a triple-double in Game 7 on the road, and that's the end of it. It is time to find a new axe to grind if you have made your living ripping him. Find a new axe. There it is. Mm -hmm. Find a new axe to grind. Bayless, of course, have been dropping gems all along the playoffs, man. You know him, though. (laughs) But that's his deal. This deal. I, I love this, man. Here's one that was cold, dude. Now, this was done after the first two games. This was, this is a first take. LeBron James was really good in that movie Trainwreck, and now he is starring in Trainwreck 2. <laughs> I mean, look, Bayless is funny. He is funny, but it's just there's a certain, you know, shtick that's there with him. And I think you, you just you have to know that. Justin. Yeah. I think as a sports brew PSA, we need to tell Skip Bayless it's time to just let it go. Get off my lawn! Exactly. <laughs> Get off my lawn, bitch! I totally thought you were going to go there, man. <laughs> I wasn't ready I wasn't ready for, for let it go. I thought you were going to go, you know. Get off my lawn, old man. Get off my lawn! Heck yeah, man. Anyway, that's super stupid and like totally random, but that was one of those things I didn't want to forget, but I, I thought it was on point. And, you know, uh, like Mark, I'm not going to, you know, tell anybody that I'm like Mr. LeBron fan. I've piled on him before and I've given him grief before. Uh, Lord knows we talked about the decision and we hated on that uh, for any number of different reasons. But, you know, again, in the context of where he's at uh, in his career and kind of making some amends in Cleveland and then bringing this home and then just how he's played, obviously he was motivated by a lot of things. So let's tidy up a couple of things, particularly with this one. Um, Yeah, look, LeBron's the third player with a triple-double in Game 7 of the NBA Finals. The other two, James Worthy of the Lakers in 88 and Jerry West of the Lakers in 1969. Both of those men were also Finals MVP. Uh, LeBron, obviously the unanimous NBA Finals MVP, no shocker there. Uh, He is the second player in NBA history to win uh, Finals MVP with multiple teams. Anybody want to take a guess at the other? Big shot, Bob. Nope, Kareem Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. What? Yeah, I, I know Big Shot Bob's won it with multiple teams. Actually, I think he's won it with three teams. As far as Finals MVP? No, no, no. I'm just talking about winning the finals. Oh no, I was, he's, I was yeah, he's totally thinking a different subject. Oh well. Yeah, Shannon. Kareem won it with uh, well, Milwaukee and LA. Shannon. Yes, I know. I'm just gonna get to fail somebody other than me. Hey, <laughs> so that's what I'm here for. I'm Thanks. a lightweight. Hey, man, teamwork makes the dream work, baby. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Spear gets me a lot quicker now. I I know, well, you, 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 ha- you, have, you have to space it out, and you have to have some water along the way. It's muy importante. Man, I'm just looking out for you, bro, okay? I'm Thanks, just, bro. I'm just looking out. 
bruh. I'm just looking out for you, bruh. <laughs> but, uh, look, um, he's also the fourth NBA MVP to win a title with two different teams. So you got that one. All right. LeBron scored or assisted in 52 of the Cavaliers' 93 points in Game 7, including 13 of 18 in the fourth quarter. So you're talking about sealing the deal. That's pretty beast. Uh, in Game 7, that was the seventh triple-double in LeBron's NBA Finals career. That, by the way, is second most all-time. It's a magic, right? 27 points, 11 rebounds, and 11 assists. If there's anybody, I would imagine it's probably magic. Has he, he's the fourth player in NBA history to win three titles and four MVPs. You said third player? Fourth player in NBA fourth history player, sorry. to win three titles and four MVPs. So Jordan... Mm-hmm. Kareem? Mm-hmm. Magic? Bill Russell. Bill Russell, okay. And now LeBron. He is the fifth player to win finals MVP three times. Uh, Jordan. Absolutely. Magic. Absolutely. Kareem? Nope. Uh, Bill Russell? Nope. Really? Mm-mm. Three times. Never uh, finished. Shaq. Shaq. Shaq, yep. You got one more. Um, Mark, help me out here. Um, not Larry, is it? Not Larry. Scalabrini. <laughs> <laughs> it's Big Shot Bob. No, look. Uh, Tim Duncan. Oh, okay. Tim Duncan. Okay. I couldn't so, remember how many he had. Yeah, it's okay. So, so, I mean, again, super, super, super elite company with a lot of these things. But all, the, all those except for Jordan had three. I think Jordan's the only one with more than three. Well, I mean, you know, there's all there's that meme, of course, with like Jordan. Uh, you know, they talk, they measure up. I think it's Jordan, Kobe, and LeBron, and they have like Finals MVP, championship trophies, gold medals. And I mean, Jordan just is sitting on. He's like Scrooge McDuck, like he could just swim in all the hardware gold that he has, right? You know what I mean? It, I mean, Jordan's obscene, you know. And the comparisons with him are always unfair. They're different guys. I, I'm still a believer that LeBron is is more is magic. You know what I mean? Yes, he's more magic he's, than Michael. He's more magic than Michael. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But um, I think the, the biggest thing, you know, we talked about legacy and how this was a chance to really stamp a couple of things. And just to deliver that in Cleveland is just so incredible. And he didn't do it by himself. Uh, some people were piling on saying he was being selfish uh, with certain things. I, yeah, You know, I mean, you're just, you're just nitpicking a nitpick. Um, he made... <laughs> I mean, really? I mean, he went out of his way. He gave all kinds of credit to his teammates in the, in, during the victory parade. He had praise. He had stuff for, like, everybody. He had stuff for, like, everybody, man. It was absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts. And I, I think that's big kudos. We've talked a little bit about Kyrie Irving. I don't want to forget about this. He did have the, the go-ahead three-pointer with a, around 50 seconds left. That was uh, nasty, by the it, way. It was filthy. Uh, Irving finished with 26 points and six rebounds. And, you know... He was, you know, he was talking about those things, and he said, "Sure, he could have gone for a two. And he was talking about how it, you know, it had been an eighty-nine to eighty-nine game for what felt like forever. I like how he acknowledged that because <laughs> uh, the end of that game was kind of rough. Uh, but he made the argument that you know it was a one-possession game, and hitting a three would give them a cushion to set up the set up the finish of the game. And he was mm-hmm. right. That's a huge shot, uh, and they were right. He was right. They were right. Hit the shot, and it did. It did. As for Golden State. Uh, we talked a little bit about Draymond Green's numbers, and we hinted at a couple things. So let's just run through this because I think it sets the context for segment two. Uh, Draymond Green, 32 points, 6 of 8 from 3, 15 rebounds, not assists. Obviously, the stat line, it's a pretty damn good game. 
Uh, Steph Curry, 17 points. Uh, this is where it hurts a little bit. 4 of 14 from three-point land. Um, and Curry is the second reigning MVP to lose Game 7 at home in the NBA Finals. I, I don't know who looked that stat up when I was watching ESPN. I was like, that's a hell of a reach, a uh, hell of a pull. Uh, Shannon, you want to wager a guess? Reigning MVP to lose Game 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, LeBron? Nope. Okay. Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, mm. Kareem. What year? I'd have to look that up. <laughs> okay. I'm not worried about that. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. and then in the okay. po- and then in the post game, you know, again, Curry talked about, uh, and this is where I, you know, I really think the growth. Uh, you know, last week I talked about how you know the Warriors, it, they just had a certain cockiness to them, and that I thought there was a little bit of pushback from some people on that. So they kind of took it in the chin a little bit, but in the post game, I thought they really owned a lot of stuff. Uh, and Curry, whether he's playing to the media or not, uh, you know, Curry and I don't remember if it was Clay or if it was Iguodala, but Curry and another player kind of stayed on the court uh, and watched, you know, Cleveland celebrate. And he talked about how he wanted to remember that as motivation. And he acknowledged that, you know, they were on the other side of that last year. Uh, so they enjoyed winning, and he wanted to kind of remember this uh, to help drive him going forward. But he also talked about how Golden State settled for too many bad shots. Uh, he talked about how uh, you know they were really aggressive in the end, but in the wrong ways. He had that one terrible, terrible, you know, behind the back pass. I think he was trying to pass it to Clay Thompson, um, but he just it just made no sense in context. It was like you don't need to do that, you know, and it just it was a giveaway. Uh, Clay Thompson didn't have a great game. Oh, uh, what giveaway? Did you in a, say giveaway? Did that giveaway? Wow! Yeah, wow! I have not thought about that in a long time, Shannon. <laughs> I was totally thinking you were gonna go like <coughs> Chili Peppers. That's where I was thinking you were gonna go. <laughs> but you know what? You're right. That's old. That's a nice old school sports crew reference. Let's see if I can find that bad boy, man. In the interim, we say bye, bye, bye to any comparisons of this year's Warriors team with the Bulls. <laughs> That's for you, Mark. <laughs> did I just hear like police sirens in the background there for a second? You did. Outside, outside my, my, my place. Going, going past, not, not coming from me, thank you. <laughs> hey, Mark, I man. To make sure of it. Mark, Mark, just take it <laughs> easy, bro. Take it easy. Take it easy, man. <laughs> take it easy. What's going on over there, D Stat? I'm not telling. <laughs> It's all legal here. <laughs> this is true. It is DC. Exactly. I don't know why I couldn't find it, but you know what? I just searched for it, and I just I'm just gonna add it to the sports group playlist again. There you go. We need to bring that one back. Every day. <laughs> Dead giveaway, man. Uh, legit, legit, legit. Nah, I totally forgot what the hell, what the hell I was talking about. Uh, I thought for some for whatever reason I thought you were gonna say something like about balls, and I was gonna have to go. You said balls with that one, but uh, anyway, well, look. you were talking about legacy versus the '96 Bulls. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was mentioned last podcast is that you know you're you're messing with history by not finishing the series. Got to do it. 
Okay, you can go 73-9, which is great. But if you don't win the championship, it don't mean a thing if you ain't got the ring. That's right. I, I There was a meme floating around that I thought was great, and it was uh, Jordan and Pippen, and it was this picture of them laughing. And it's like, 73-9 and nine sounds great, but 72-10 and 10 has a better ring to it. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, absolutely, man. And, you know, again, this is not to bag on, on Golden State. I mean, a, an incredible year. If you just want to argue, what was that uh, stupid Will Ferrell movie? The the freaking... Uh, Which one? Uh, well, oh, yeah, that's true. The one where he's, he's a NASCAR driver, and I can't think of the name of it for whatever oh, reason. Oh, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Yeah, 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 whatever that one was. Ah, Talladega Nights, man. Talladega Nights. And, you know, it's like, if you're not first, you're last or whatever. It's like that stupidity. <laughs> you know, it's, it's an incredible year by Golden State. And that game could have gone the other direction. It's not like Cleveland just busting them up, kick their ass out of the gym, right? Golden State, had they played up, you know, if they had played their A game, they'd probably win that. But they didn't. You know, and that, that's a huge, huge credit to Cleveland. And that's something that Golden State, they got to take a look in the mirror, bro. They, they gave away too much stuff. They, you know, they, yeah, they missed some shots. Yes, they had some injuries. Yes, you know, Steph obviously had some issues in the postseason, but the opportunity was there. They didn't finish. Cleveland did. Yeah. So, you Absolutely. know, for, they look, had a great chance to win that series. Oh, yeah. And they, they, you just, know, they in, just blew it. In spite of some of the things that went, went against them, in spite of some of the problems that they had, they were still there. It was still there for the taking. But Cleveland took it. So, you know, uh, first time the Warriors have lost three straight since November 2013, and I'm pretty sure that Curry sat out some of those. <laughs> and the Warriors are also the first team in NBA history to lose as many games in the postseason as they did in the regular season, in this case, nine. Um, do you understand that Golden State scored 13 points in the fourth quarter of both games five and game seven, and they missed their final nine shots in both games? It is hard to close anybody out if that's how you're shooting. Wow. All right. They had their problems. Um, yeah, it, those are the breaks. And I expect Kerr and Curry and Thompson, uh, we'll see what their roster is like going in the next year. That's a phenomenal team. Uh, and, you know, Cleveland kept heaping praise on them. Um, you know, and, I mean, they know they beat a great damn team. They know that. They know that. And how they had to exhaust themselves to do it. Right? Uh Golden State is damn good, and I would certainly expect them to be in the mix next year. You know, I joked around about the, you know, hey, maybe they can meet again, and then, hey, best of three. But it's very possible, right? It's it's very possible. Golden State is legit. Golden State is very good. They just they're going to have to figure out contracts and players who they can keep and who's got to walk. And obviously, in their context, they need to not having Bogut really hurt them. So they, oh, yeah. they, they had some oh, issues yeah. really creep up, and they didn't make the kind of adjustments after losing him. And, again, that's one of those things that people didn't necessarily think going into the series. But, you know, sometimes you lose somebody that's just schematically very important, and you, can't, you, you, you don't quite make up for it. And they didn't. And they didn't. So uh, I, I tell you what, a couple of signature things. Um, Kyrie's crazy shot, getting that up and in, that was phenomenal. The three-pointer was phenomenal. And LeBron's block. I mean, I, you know, if you talk about your favorite plays from that game, I, there's no way 
unless you're a Golden State fan, that when Iguodala passes to Curry, who then kicks it back to Iguodala, and he goes up, goes up for what could have been a you know a dunk, but J.R. Smith is there to, to help alter his shot attempt, and then LeBron just skies in from behind with just a beautifully, beautifully, beautifully timed block, uh, just pinning the ball against the backboard. I mean, I just don't know if you love basketball, you know, it, it, unless you're a Golden State fan, mind you, but anybody else, if you if you love hustle, uh, that play is incredible. It just encapsulizes encapsul- um, LeBron in a in a just his career, uh, just all around game, offensive and defensive end, mm-hmm. and playing. He I think he only missed one minute in that game seven. He played the most minutes of anybody in the series. Obviously, he played the most in game seven, and I mean just to have the legs to sprint down the court to block that shot at the very end of game seven when quite frankly if Iguodala makes that shot Cleveland is looking around like oh crap we're down by two with one minute to go what are we going to do could have been yeah you know yeah. that could be a completely different game at that point in time um, well, I mean, it's just, but it's... the hustle yeah and the heart to get down the court to make the block shot and not only make the block but to keep it in play so that your teammates can get it yep i mean that was a that was a hell of a play oh hell of a play it's just you never give up on a play and as a coach as a guy that has coached basketball for a number of years when you see that that just it tugs at your heartstrings because you know most players would have just said crap he's going to get the layup but LeBron when you have that one player that will bust his ass down the court to try to at least alter the shot in some way who will not give up on even the easiest of plays and not only does it but makes it and keeps it in play for your team to get the rebound. A for effort, baby. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> A for effort, dude. That Unbelievable. Flat, flat out deserves it. I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead and wrap up segment two. We'll do one more segment, and we'll get the hell out of here. Because we need to, we'll need. tie up some thoughts, button up a couple of things, and then think about anything random you want to talk about. Uh, I've got a couple of stupid things on tap just for funsies, I suppose. And we can just beat the dead horse of Game 7 a little bit more and then get the hell out of here. <laughs> just for just for good measure. Because Mark, Mark, I believe, has been saving up. Uh, saving up like, you know, uh, Festus Azili. He's got a whole bunch of – he's got a lot to offer on the back end, man. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and take a break. We'll get to segment three. We'll wrap up and get the hell out of here uh, with the sports brew keyword, sports and brew. Thanks for listening, as always. We certainly do appreciate that. Uh, and keywords, man. You, you know what? You love sports. You love, you love beer or you love drinking or you love brew or, or maybe you just love us. Congratulations. We figured you're drunk if you do. Um, <laughs> Wait a second. Take a shot if you're listening right now. There it is. Todd, that one's for you, I'm sure. <laughs> Anywho, we'll be right back in just a minute with the Sports Brew. Catch you right on the flip side. Ooh. Yes, sir, man. I tell you what, we took a break, and all of a sudden, Verizon Files went down all over the damn place. I was getting ready to say, what on earth, dude? We were going to have to, like, 
do uh, the wrap-up segment in the AM on the sports brew. That's always tough. Then it's like legs and eggs and some coffee or something. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we do love <laughs> we do love the crying Jordan. And, uh, you know, they're, they're having the old uh, Brexit, the old uh, UK, er, Britain, er, <laughs> England, er, leaving the uh, European Union. And uh, the vote's looking like uh, the people that wanted to leave for the referendum they're gonna, yeah, you know, they're gonna vote for Britain to freaking leave it, which is nuts, right? So speaking of crying Jordan, man, I saw this great thing. It was a meme, and it was a, a ten-pound note, and they superimposed the crying Jordan on the Queen's face or whoever is on that note. I don't know, and I was like, that is awesome. You know, the crying Jordan meme is big time when it is on the <laughs> when it is overtaking the faces on currency on a political referendum. That's pretty bold. Look, man, I don't, I don't know how long uh, Verizon Files is going to hold up. I don't know what's going on to cause issues. I have no clue, man. Give me your address there. Yeah, why don't you go fix that, Arnold? Can you do that for me? Hello? <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right, man. <laughs> yes! Correct. Yeah, there you go. You like discipline. That's right. You son of a bitch. You can't be going down, man. We got, we got work to do. Speaking of it, you can't be going down. I could not fit one more <laughs> thing inside of me. Anyway. <laughs> Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Hey, man. Frisky, are we? Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> anyway. Uh, Mark, I want to ask you, because we'll, we'll, we'll go to the Cavaliers victory parade in, in, a, in a few minutes, and uh, J.R. Smith still doesn't have a shirt, I think. But before we get to that... In context, uh, you know, we talked a lot. We talked a lot about, and we glossed up the Warriors a lot. And you know, uh, you and I were both pretty much on the, you know, the Warriors are going to kind of sort this out and win this thing, and they didn't. And again, major kudos to the Cavaliers. You know, you know, I said earlier in the podcast, I, I almost hate to call it a choke because I thought Game Seven was that good, but I think generally speaking, people will look at this as a choke job. Uh, but that's really kind of leaning more on go- what Golden State didn't do, and and maybe an oversight of what the Cavaliers did do. However, in context of this, I know you're a huge proponent of the Golden State, a fan of the Splash Brothers, a big fan of Steph Curry. So I guess you've been pretty mellow this podcast. I want to give you a moment here. What does this mean for them in context of this year? And then what does it mean for them going forward? So what does it mean for the Warriors? The Warriors, yes. Oh, you know, I I think they absolutely recover. I think uh, I, you know, and and not, not, being sour grapes and, and not you know not saying I don't laugh at any of it, but I I, I think I commented on on one of Lindy's posts, not at Lindy. Um, <laughs> I hope that was clear, but just that I'm finding it kind of amusing how you know how much bashing there's been all over the internet's with memes and whatnot. And I know it's just kind of the, the way of the world at this point, but it is. over over the Warriors losing, they won last year. They set a record for the most wins in the regular season ever, ever, <laughs> forever, ever, 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 ever. But <laughs> for now, uh, that'll be a tough one to break, beat by anybody. But uh, and and they, you know, they came up one game short, one game short of winning another championship. Did did they make mistakes? Of course they did. Every team's gonna make mistakes, but it it wasn't like they just rolled over and got destroyed. It went to seven games. They you know they had they, I recognize that you know the counter to that is is people are gonna say well you know what they had the three one lead they they you know, nobody's ever you know failed from that point and then that's that's where the hatred's coming from and that's 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 relatively okay. But I still feel like that you know it's just 
it's a little comical to act like there's suddenly you know this you know team of scrubs that just absolutely folded and and sucked and you know deserve to be treated like they're the you know worst team in the NBA or something like that. Anyway, I don't know that um, the hate's been that bad. I think I think I do think people have enjoyed piling on a little bit, mind you. Yeah, well, I mean piling on a lot, and then I, I just it gets a little stupid to me, but. Regardless, what does it mean for them you know, now and going forward? I mean, now it's, it's you know it's going to take a while to, to to get over it, and 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 it, it should, you know, that they you know I'm I'm not, again I'm not, I'm not detracting or, or, or erasing that's yeah they had the three one lead, no one's ever you know dropped from the three one lead, they had things everybody yes will will enjoy you know talking about uh you know well they had the you know the green game and and you know, bogus injury and things like that, but uh, as we you know. You know, may tease our, our giggity gals about, you know, all the ifs and buts. Yeah, you got to play through it. Of ifs and buts are candy and nuts, man. Every day would be Christmas, baby. Exactly. <laughs> so um, I I think that they will be fine going forward. I think, I don't know if we, we haven't talked about it, and, and I don't know if we want to go down this road. Probably not tonight, but that's, you know, immediately following. Uh, I saw people saying, you know, a lot about, well, this is just going to intensify their desire to try to get Durant. And, you know, that's, you know, a lot of people think that there's a way that they can figure it out to make it happen. Um, I don't know about that. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, it's, I don't know that I love it. And I, I, to me, I think the biggest challenge would be how did, does everybody get enough shots in that, in that system? I mean, because, you know, Clay, Clay is going to take his shots and you're going to not, you're not going to make Clay change his game. You're not going to make Steph change his game. And so I, it's just, I don't know. I you know I, I think uh, you know I've said it before about LeBron, and I'm going to sound like I'm throwing some Dude, LeBron. It, you know, it's, it's just like us at the bar, man. They're like, you got to share the shots, and like Justin and Mark are just <laughs> taking them all. I mean, it's... <laughs> well, that's because Shannon's doing another uh, a whole thirty or some crap. He can't, <laughs> he, he can't have anything. Exactly. You know? He's trying to put tequila in front of him. He keeps saying no. <laughs> and Ooh, no, 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 no. <laughs> we all say no to that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you, Mark. Oh, no, throw that t- in there. You're totally good. I, I was just going to add on to that. I was, like I said, it's going to sound like I'm throwing LeBron shade again. But you know, I, I, I'm, if we recorded way back when, when when LeBron was making his you know, decision on where to go, this time. I said I thought the Nets. I thought I thought the Nets, the Knicks, somewhere where he was going to be the man. Because to me, if you want to be the man, if you want to be a Jordan, if you want to be a Kobe, then you don't want to go to a team of superstars. You want to you want to be the man. You want to prove that you can do it by yourself. With you know, and I'm not again Jordan, Kobe. You know, they they had teams with some quality guys at times, but they also had teams were that were total shit. And so, Come on, man, I, you don't think I, you don't think LeBron was able to regulate? <laughs> Come on, bruh. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, he 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 uh, he he definitely has proven. I mean, six straight finals. I mean, he he can do it with you know a lot of variety of teams. But I'm just saying that was what I thought back then. And and so and that really, I'm just protesting. I don't love the idea of these super teams. And so I I don't want to see Durant go to the Warriors. I still stand by saying I want him to stick with the Thunder or come to DC. Hey, I don't think it. Look, look. I don't think he's coming to DC. No, I'd, I'd be I'd be totally okay if he went to. Uh, I would I would have no hate for him if he went home. But you know, again, it's a different kind of pressure doing that. Yeah. You know, and we talked earlier about LeBron getting away from that for a period of time. 
it's a whole different world when you go to your home team or the team you rooted for growing up, trying to get them over the hump. I don't know. It, maybe it would be different if the Thunder had finished this. You know, like if they had right. if, if they had finished the season, it's a little different. But uh, I do like the Sabona. By the way, Shannon, what in the hell are the Magic doing? <laughs> I mean, seriously, I have no idea, dude. I mean, I just look, Serge Ibaka. I mean, I mean, he's a solid dude, right? But I mean, seriously. I mean. Uh, if you wanted to go him for Victor Oladipo straight up, that's great. But him and Sabonis, I I, I saw I, this. I just I just shake my head at that trade. Look, man, I can't go for that. <laughs> I'm telling you, unless I'm the Thunder, then I can't go for that. <laughs> I don't know, dude. If you're a Thunder fan at this point in time, you're ecstatic. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I I think I've certainly said many times before of of uh, talking heads. I am a pretty huge Bill Simmons fan, and uh, certainly follow him on Twitter. And he's, of course, you know, he loves all sports, but basketball or NBA basketball more than anything else. And and, and I thought he made a great comment that's uh. Whoever's given the draft grades tomorrow, uh, that the, uh, the Magic should get a triple F, <laughs> triple, or maybe maybe even a G if that makes any sense. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just just a absurd. Triple it make F. Any sense? Yeah, <laughs> triple triple F. Is that a distant cousin of Triple H in the WWE? <laughs> Very well, maybe, maybe, maybe. but uh, anyway, all right. I, I kind of babbled in circles around about the the Warriors and it's where okay. they stand. I, I think that's um, it's hard for me to not think that that Curry was you know still maybe a little more banged up than they were willing to admit. Uh, he just he just did not look right in, in the finals. Um, he he deserves, but he you know regardless, I mean they played him. He deserves some shade for the fact that you know he 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 did not you know play anywhere near up to his standards in the in the the finals, and uh, you know Simmons has kind of been been pretty hard on him, but I, I think reasonably so that you know, it's you know, the first time that a you know MVP you know who was so beloved throughout the entire season, I mean so I mean it's you know so beloved gets to the finals and then just crashes and burns that hard. And, uh, I mean, I don't think that people suddenly are, are going to be anti-Curry, but no, you know, I, th- I think he'll, he'll, he'll have to do, you know, prove himself, you know, early next season to, you know, for people to, to, to trust that he's still, you know, the same, same kind of superstar. Um, so, you know, I, I long-term, I, I trust that they're fine. Uh, I anticipate they, they come out really fired up at the beginning of the season, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> You dream the dream again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I dreamed the dream that they let those shots fly. <laughs> That's right. Next year, man, the Splash Brothers return. Actually, you know who who did dream a dream? Hold on, let me see if I can find this thing, dude. Uh, hey, by the way, Matthew Stafford. If your line is, I think it will be tougher on defenses without Calvin Johnson. You dreamed the dream, all right. Put the drinks down, bro. <laughs> you can stop with that. But uh, what I wanted to pull, let me see, because I know I have it up here somewhere. Hold on. Get off my lawn, Stafford. <laughs> Get off my what, lawn. What, then? You won't have as many interceptions? Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess he figures because, you know, defenses won't be able to key on, uh, you know, Calvin Johnson. So will be able to spread the ball around a little bit. But uh, it, it, here you go. Speaking of dreaming a dream, man, hold on. What's going on right now is still so surreal to me. It still hasn't hit me what actually happened. And I, for some odd, for some crazy reason i believe like i'm gonna wake up and it's gonna be like game four all over again i'm like 
He down 2-1 still. I heard a lot of thank you LeBrons today and uh, you know thanks for coming home and thanks for keeping your promise but I, I really uh, you guys really should be thanking all the guys up here to be honest. Dante Jones we just picked him up. He's the luckiest man in the world I'll tell you that. Hell yeah. He just picked his ass up like two months ago. <laughs> It's a young guy. A.K. Kyrie Irving, A.K. Uncle Drew, Kyrie, whatever y'all want to call him. <laughs> this guy, he thought I was blowing smoke up his early in the season when I said he can be the best point guard in our league and also be an MVP in our league. That's right, man. LeBron James, dream to dream, dude. Right there. They asked me, uh, do I have a speech or uh, something prepared? I, I really don't. If you want to speak from the heart like I always do. Uh, speaks from the heart, man. Anyway, I gotta stop. I'm dying on <laughs> a dream to dream. I'm dying, man. I gotta stop. I gotta stop. But I love that. You know, I was gonna wake up and we're gonna still be down three one. That was hilarious. I love that. But LeBron did thank like everybody, man. He did. I thought that was uh, thought that was really nice. And that that celebration crowd in Cleveland was insane. Mark, let's circle back and just have a couple of thoughts here. Uh, you know, we've given Golden State a lot of gloss and a lot of dap, and I think they deserve it. I think it really is an incredible team, and I certainly don't think that their their run is done. What I do think may have happened in part is that they, they got a little bit ahead of themselves. And some of that, you know, when you have a young team and you have a lot of success and you get a lot of gloss and a lot of media love, uh, sometimes you end up getting knocked down a couple of pegs. And honestly... Um, I think this is going to be excellent motivation for the franchise, for the coach, for the team, for Steph, for Clay, for all of them uh, to kind of circle the wagon, if you will, in the offseason and dedicate themselves. And uh, I don't know that they had a great killer instinct, uh, and at least not on display in this particular series. Some of that was self-inflicted. We've talked about, about that with Draymond Green and then some of their own performances. Yeah, and we can harp on the officiating, you know, and, and some people will, Aisha Curry. Uh, some people will harp on the officiating, you know. But the thing is, we talk about it in football. We talk about it in soccer. We talk, I mean, any sport. Maybe not so much baseball because the refs, er, the umps don't really screw you, but so much, I guess, depending on how you want to call strikes. But, you know, in football and in basketball, the officiating definitely can flavor a game, right? It, it doesn't necessarily dictate the final outcome. But it definitely flavors the mix. And the flavor of the finals uh, didn't suit the Warriors' strengths. I think that's fair commentary. I really do. But that being said, you have to play above and beyond and push through the officiating. You just do. That's part of the deal. You know, great teams, you find a way to overcome it. You don't want to use that as an excuse. And quite frankly, I'm glad they let them play. I am. There were some. There were definitely games where there were some inconsistent calls, and you were like, "Seriously, that's ticky tacky as hell." And it was weird because other times they let them go, and then other times they'd phantom call the crap out of people. Didn't I? Was not a fan of that. Was not a fan of that at all. But I, I really do think the big takeaway. Massive kudos for Cleveland, but one of the big takeaways is you know Golden State getting a little humble pie. 
uh, and going into the off season and rededicating themselves. And if they do that, uh, the ceiling for that team is pretty grotesquely high. You know what I mean? I mean, it just really is. And you know, Curry, uh, Curry is is just a phenomenal player. Uh, but as much as I love the playground stuff, uh, sometimes you 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 know you're being a little too cute when you just need to go ahead and, and seal the deal. And the playground stuff is fun, and you know we've talked about the flow of the Golden State offense, and sometimes that is absolutely beautiful basketball. But that's a team that takes risks. It's a risk-taking team, and when their shots are falling, they can get away with a lot of that stuff. But when you pose and praying a little bit too much when you're firing up shots, if you're not hitting them, A, you're not fighting for the rebounds, uh, and you have some other issues. And I just think that, that like fundamental, like real fundamental basketball came back to bite them in the ass. Uh, a little bit, and you know, against against Cleveland, I think Cleveland out teamed them. I think Cle- Cleveland out teamed them. I would still, you know, I don't know if you you two would agree, I, and I think I've said this previously, but I still feel like even in spite of the enormous margins of games one through six in terms yeah. of you know the winning margin, I still thought it was a fascinating series, and I there's still each game typically had at least a stretch of competitiveness, and you know I. I I mean, I th- I'm thinking. I, th- I keep thinking it was Game Five that had the ridiculously highest scoring first half. Where sure. I mean, I f- felt like the Warriors should have been leading by a ton, but you know, the Cavs just wouldn't let them you know, get ahead. Um, I don't know. I, so e- even in spite of how you know un- we didn't really have a competitive game score wise, you know, until Game Seven, I was, I-, I thought it would, they put both teams put on a great series, and and I, I was thoroughly entertained. No, I mean, I think from an entertainment value, it absolutely lived up to that. Was it perfect? No. 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 But, I mean, it probably had about one of the most storybook perfect endings, at least for one team, uh, that you're going to have. So I I think it's going to be – it's a very memorable series uh, on two sides. One is Golden State just falling short of cementing the deal for, you know, an all-time season. And then the second part of that is obviously Cleveland bringing the championship home. Uh, I mean, it's huge, huge, huge storylines, huge storylines. If you missed it, a couple things are really fun. Uh, The Cavaliers obviously stopped in Vegas. Decent, I know you love some Vegas. They parted their ass off there. It looked like a ton of fun. Looked like a ton of fun, dude. That was great. And really, if you haven't looked up, like, celebration videos and the parade, there's so much stuff going on with the Cavs. I mean, that's a fan base. Uh, Well well deserved. Uh, So enjoy it. I mean, you know, th- there's a window for enjoying it. Y'all are in the prime time for that, so have a little fun. Uh, I love the fact that the whole bunch of Cavaliers played some beer pong at Matthew Delavadova's place. <laughs> that, so that was pretty sweet. What? So Vegas wise, yeah, you're telling us because you're forgetting the most important part of Vegas is that one Kevin Love. Oh, decided to be stone cold. Kevin Love. <laughs> Kevin Love was beast here. I know somebody had a video for me. Let me see if this thing is still here. Stone Cold Kevin Love was one of my favorite parts. Cold. Stone Cold Kevin Love. One of my favorite parts, Stone man. Cold. Stone Cold. You see me standing, but I'm dead. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> my pleasure. Cold. Stone. But it's accurate. Maybe if I don't cry, I won't feel I don't know how much Kevin Love is crying other than tears of joy. But I, I love the fact he was wearing a that, that Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt and cracking beers on his face. That was one of my absolute, absolute 
favorite celebrations in that bad boy. I mean, are you are you freaking kidding me? That was brilliant, dude. Stone Cold gave him props for that too. Should have, <laughs> should have. He thought it was awesome. So Stone Cold Kevin Love, that <laughs> was fantastic. Uh, double Dap, by the way. Since we, you know, obviously LeBron must have learned the art of trolling from Skip Bayless. He did get something out of that, because not only not only did he, did he step off with an Ultimate Warrior shirt, but he had the Kermit the Frog tea sipping hat. I mean, are you kidding me? That's phenomenal. An Ultimate Warrior shirt, dude. Savage. Mm. Absolutely savage. And rest in peace, Ultimate Warrior. Yes. Would have been proud. That shirt may have been a few sizes too small. Maybe he bar- maybe he took that from J.R. Smith. That's why J.R. Smith had that shirt. <laughs> so what? So beer pong at Delavadova's beer, house. Beer pong at Peanut Butter Deli Tom's house. So yes. I was gonna say, is it Peanut Butter Deli Tom? Hell yes. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. <laughs> you kidding me? Playoffs? Hell yeah, man. <laughs> Oh, there's, there's Whitfield. Oh, there's Whitfield. Yep, there he is. <laughs> hey, Matt. That sounds about right. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, freaking nuts. Freaking nuts. Uh, oh, yeah, you got no peanut butter deli time for me tonight? Do you want some peanut butter deli time? Heck yeah, man. All right. You asked for it. Just remember that. This is your fault. This I is, accept full responsibility. You should. Peanut butter jelly time, peanut butter jelly time. <laughs> beer pong, beer pong. There you go, there you go. Peanut butter jelly. Peanut butter jelly. 26,433,457 views of that video, by the way. <laughs> <On YouTube. laughs> Somebody that made that stupid ass video has made, I don't know how much money. From freaking YouTube for that crap. It was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Holy cow! Let me answer that. You know, that is an absolute crock of. It is. But Mostly you know, parents try to get their kids to enjoy peanut butter and jelly. Maybe. Yes! Maybe. So dumb, man. So dumb. So dumb. I love stupid stuff, but it's so dumb. Oh my god, who the hell cares? (laughs) (laughs) Parents of toddlers. That's who. Chewbacca, apparently. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, peanut butter jelly time, man. Uh, I wish he... I'd love love it if somebody actually... uh, Like, he, he said that one time. You know what I mean? In a post game. That would be really fun. Peanut butter jelly time. I would love that. It would be awesome. I'd be like, yeah, the sports brew approved, bro. Well done. I do that when he retires. He might. He might. But lots of fun stuff, man. I, you know, again, the Ultimate Warrior shirt, it was brilliant. Uh, the the Kermit the Frog, like, sipping tea hat, freaking brilliant. Hell, the Indians put uh, LeBron James on Kiss Cam with the freaking trophy. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I mean, so many great things, man. You had LeBron in the parade, like, striking the pose that they have on the mural where he's just like, you know, arms out. That was great. And I don't remember seeing a parade oh, dude. where people were scaling the walls of parking decks and hanging out. 
I mean, you want to talk about some stones, dude. Some of those people had some guts. And hopefully they weren't day drinking, because that's a really dangerous thing to do if you were day drinking. It's one thing to stand at the edge of a parking deck, right? It's one thing to do that. But to be like, I, I, don't, even, I don't know if they were standing between, I don't know what on earth they were doing, but hanging out on the side of a, a parking garage, lining the roof, rooftops. I mean, the crowd for the, the victory parade was absolutely insane. That had to be such a phenomenal such a phenomenal party. Hell yeah, there's some wop-pop-a-loo-bop up there. Damn straight, yo. Do you see Todd there? <laughs> no, I didn't see Todd there. <laughs> oh, that would have been a good one, man. That would have been kind of cool. But yeah, dude, just just nuts, man. I, I, I loved watching the videos. I loved watching all the stuff. The whole J.R. Smith shirtless thing cracked me up. I thought that was really funny. I, I I mean I, I think they said they scheduled for like an hour hour and a half and it lasted like five hours or something ridiculous. <laughs> I mean that city ate that up, man. That city ate that up. Oh, oh before As they should have. Oh, absolutely. It might be another fifty some years. Uh, if you're a Browns fan, you don't know how long you have to wait. Uh, there's already reports coming out of you know, uh, all, you know whatever training camp stuff that Robert Griffin's having some issues. Shocker, shocker. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one thing I did love. Absolutely. Speaking of J.R. Smith, there was a company that made a, a shirt specifically for J.R. Smith. And I'm going to send this to you in the brew chat because I think this is just completely ridiculous. And I laughed when I saw it. So uh, one of the big stories has been him like running around and doing all the stuff without a shirt. And so somebody made this company, all right, Fresh Brew Tees, made a shirt for J.R. Smith that's essentially his tattooed torso. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the shirt. That is incredible. That's fantastic. I don't know how, how much that shirt would cost, but I, I would imagine if they advertised it, they could sell the crap out of that to some calves. That's one of those bad purchases in the moment that you're like, dude, that's so awesome. <laughs> you buy it, you wear it once, and you're like, why did I do that? Was I day drunk? <laughs> oh, that's right. I was hanging off the side of a parking garage doing, <laughs> buying stuff on Woot. <laughs> and next you know, you end up with one of those things, man. But um, just fantastic. Other thing with J.R. Smith, uh, we joked around about Father's Day and all that stuff. Uh, if you missed it, do yourself a favor. I'm not saying I'm a J.R. Smith fan, but his post-game presser was, was really, I thought, very moving. And I, you know, I mentioned it to you guys in the Sports Group chat. Did any of y'all watch it? I did not. You did not? Okay. So I'm going to play a part of this for you. I mean, he is, like, super emotional. Super emotional. And, and now I know why he didn't have a shirt left. He had to use it to dry up all his freaking tears. I mean, my parents, my family, that's the biggest inspiration of my life. I've been, th I've been in a lot of dark spots in my life, and if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be able to get out of it. But they are who they are. They fought with me. They yelled at me, they screamed at me, they loved me, they hugged me, they cried with me. And they always stuck by my side, no matter right or wrong. And I know a lot of people don't have, I know a lot of people don't have their parents in their life, their mother or their father, but I got the best tool you can ask for, I swear. It's six of us and 
they didn't treat any of us different. They loved us the same. They treated us all the same. And I just want to be like them when I grow up. I mean, my dad is my easily one of my biggest inspirations to play this game. And to hear people talk bad about me, it hurts me because I know it hurts him. That's not who I am. And I know he raised better, and I know I want to do better, and just everything I do is for my parents and my, my family. I mean, I don't really, the cars is nice, the houses is nice, but none of this matters without them. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here. I don't know where I would be. Honestly, if it wasn't for them, if it wasn't for the structure and the backbone that I have, I wouldn't be able to mess up and keep coming back and being able to sit in front of you as a world champion. His dad was there at that press conference, by the way. And they kept flipping to his dad. And you could tell his dad was choked up. And when he walked off after that, he went and they just he just embraced with his dad. You know, Again, I'm not saying I'm like some big J.R. Smith fan, man. And he, people can bag on him. And I'll, and Lord knows he's made some mistakes, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and he's been a he's been a throwaway, er, throw in on some trades over the years. But... That I thought that was a tremendous post game presser, tremendous, very raw, very emotional, and very real. For anybody that hadn't heard it, I wanted to share that. But I have to, I have to back it up with probably my favorite, favorite J.R. Smith soundbite. And if you missed this, it's too bad. But the great news is I'm playing it for you now. So enjoy this little pregame interview. This was before Game Six. Pregame interview with J.R. Smith's daughter Demi. Okay, so can I ask you real quick, what is it like for you to watch your dad get ready to play this game? I'm just proud of him because he made the championship without getting kicked off the team. <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody tell you to say that? She said she's just proud of his dad who made the championship without getting kicked off the team. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Demi. <laughs> I was dying when they did that, man. And she was just like, yeah, I'm just happy he made the championship to get kicked off the team. It, it was, that, that was golden. That was golden. <laughs> from, 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 oh, from the, from the mouths of babes, right? <laughs> just oh, yeah. ridiculous. So, I don't mean, you know, a, a lot of good stories and a lot of very, very heartfelt stuff. And, you know, who knows how that, how that team handles it and shows up next year. But kudos to them, man. It's very hard to repeat. Just ask Golden State. So we'll see what Cleveland has. I still think uh, best of three, man. Best of three would be fun. Best yeah, of three, would, you know, especially if both both teams were, were 100% and totally healthy. Uh, by the way, Shannon, what was the real story behind that fire truck, bro? <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently people were saying or there was all sorts of chatter on the Cleveland police scanner that people had stolen a fire truck and the uh, the police were like, no, it's not stolen. People are just all over it right now. And then, <laughs> to be honest, I don't even know which story was correct, but it, it just makes for a good night when your home fans, home team fans who haven't won a championship in over 50 years steal the fire truck. <laughs> so the Cleveland police tweeted out, quote, dispelling false reports of stolen fire truck. No emergency vehicles have been stolen. Stolen, and they have this picture of all these people just standing on the fire truck. And they're like, "See, the fire truck was not stolen. This, however, is not okay." <laughs> this is like an army of people standing all over the thing. 
Hey, you know, they were just ready in case somebody went West Virginia and burned a couch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Exactly. That's all. That's all. That's all. So, good stuff. Well, look, um, oh, man, Golden State, Golden State, you know, look, a hell of a team, hell of a year. Uh, respect to them. But, you know, people didn't give, you know, it's just the way that health matters, how you play at a given time matters. You know, Cleveland had those issues last year. Golden State had those issues this year. Sometimes that's the, that's the way it goes. And, and honestly, it's one of the things that makes record-breaking years in sports so difficult to do. You know, you got a lot of history in the MLB or the NBA or the NFL, and it, it is a it's a tough, tough thing to like win the most games ever and it have is. that kind of regular season and then finish it off. I mean, it, it's a huge, huge challenge because there's so many things that go into a good year. Some of it's luck, some of it's skill, some of it's health, some of it's coaching, some of it. I mean, there's a lot of layers to that. And Golden State has had a tremendous run the past couple of years. And they're not done yet. They didn't seal the deal this year. They didn't finish that off. That's going to be something that bothers them and sticks with them for a while. That's absolutely true. Uh, Steph's performance and kind of his downtrend from the regular season to the playoffs to the NBA Finals, he's going to get flack and some crap for that. Um, maybe not as much as he got for his ugly-ass Under Armour shoes, you know, the, the Night Nurse Nines, um, but he's going to get some grief for some of that stuff. The... What was one of them like? If you when you love your Honda Odyssey so much, you have to wear them on your you have to wear it on your feet. I mean, some of those things were just fantastic. You know, I, I think Kerr's going to learn a lot. I think, uh, and he's already done a, a tremendous job as head coach of that franchise. Uh, kudos to him for that. And boy, I tell you, in retrospect, did they ever do a great deal making sure they stole making sure they stole that guy from Phil Jackson? That oh, yeah. I, I mean, really, from an organizational standpoint, brilliant move. Brilliant move. Fit the team really well. Absolutely brilliant move. But, I mean, you know, this thing I think is going to sit on Clay. I think it's going to sit on Steph. And, you know, one of the things that is a reality here, and this is just a headline in one article. Quote, after bending the NBA to their will, the Warriors find basketball magic has its limits. End quote. You know, and and some of that, when you look back at the season and some of the shots it would take, I mean, you'd look at it and be like, how the hell are they making those things, man? (laughs) So deep, so ridiculous. And it's just those shots weren't dropping in the finals. You know, Uh, not not enough for them to finish and not in game seven. So they accomplished a lot. Major kudos to them. Hell of a year. And I think they're going to be very, very motivated. Uh, next season and they should be they should be and that will bode well for them and obviously be a hell of a challenge for the rest of the NBA but just being good and just you know all those things you don't know you're going to get back you don't know you're going to get back but I believe they're going to be a bit hungrier next year and I believe they'll, they'll put the press clippings down a little bit you know what I mean and go back to work and if it's a team that has the guts and the grind that I think they do have, they'll be back. Uh, as for Cleveland, an incredible finish, an incredible season for them. Um, kudos to you know people that live in Cleveland that have had to endure a pretty sports craptacular hole for a long time, man. Uh, celebrate it, enjoy it, party hard, live it up. Uh, don't burn any couches and don't steal any fire trucks. <laughs> don't do that, but certainly enjoy it. You, those things don't come around all that often, 
so this it's a great era, and it's a great time to be a Cavs fan, particularly if you're in Cleveland. I think that's pretty sweet. So a miserable end of the season, relatively speaking, for Golden State, and a phenomenal end for the Cavaliers. Uh, historic, um, and I think Van Pelt, you know, makes a pretty legit point. Uh, get off LeBron. Get off the hate train for LeBron. If you, if you don't like him, you don't like him, man. I'm not saying he's the best thing ever. You know, Charles Barkley doesn't like him. Uh, well, likes him well enough, but is is isn't going to be like, yeah, you know, best guy ever. Not going to do that. He's got his reasons, but you know, I'm just saying, you can enjoy the moment for what it is, and you can enjoy the st- enjoy the story for what it is. Enjoy the accomplishment because it's phenomenal. Phenomenal thing to accomplish, phenomenal thing to do, phenomenal moment, phenomenal emotion. You know, we talk about athletes that are disconnected and, you know, uh, and people that act like they don't give a crap. Well, LeBron gives a crap. Lots of raw emotion, lots of very real emotion. And that's somebody that loves their hometown, loves their city, loves their state. And, you know, uh, has obviously grown quite a bit. Is somebody that's very familiar with the history of the game and does some self-reflection. Again, you don't have to like the guy, but he delivered on what he said he was going to do in an area that most people are like, it's Cleveland, it's the factory of sadness, it's the armpit of America. Who cares? He delivered. That team delivered. And it, that's an amazing accomplishment. Coming back from a 3-1 hole, amazing accomplishment. And if the Warriors retired, well, they had a seven-game series and a seven-game series, so they probably they certainly could have been. It's a lot to ask of anybody back to back when you're, you know, when you're in the playoffs and you're playing the elites of the elite. It's a tall order, so and that's another reason it's a kudos to Cleveland for having the legs, for having the guts, and for having the fight to come back from that. And uh, maybe maybe the Warriors ran out of gas. Uh, we've talked about Bogut. It's a I think it's a bigger loss than people realize at the time. Curry's injuries obviously in the postseason hurt him, but. You know, that, that, that's a team that's got some youth. That's a team that's got some potential. That's, got, that's a team that's got some future. They're not done. Uh, will they win again? That's up to them. But they're not done. They're not done. So that's a, I don't know, man. It sets up nice for next year. So looking forward to that. I don't know that they can improve on 73-9. to nine. That's gonna, Or 73-9. and nine. It's going to be a tough one. But you know what? I'm sure if they can go seven, you know, 70-12 and 12, but finish off the, with a chip i think they'll happily trade that (laughs) happily trade that so Mm -hmm. uh, but overall a fun season fun postseason uh really enjoyed that and i'm glad that that dude uh some agency owner got to retire the infamous browns quarterback jersey that used to have like that gigantic list of names attached to it uh oh there's tim brokaw the advertising agency brokaw incorporated yeah that it's a new day in Cleveland, and we want to be part of that. So, Spurgeon win, Ken Dorsey, Doug Peterson, <laughs> everybody else that sucked in <laughs> a Cleveland Browns uniform that had their name draped on that thing. It's, it's, it's like it's got white out, man. It's just white duct tape all down. It's gone. A new beginning. That's a major gift to a town like that. So, to LeBron James, we haven't done a salute o'clock officially. Tell you what, man. It's rum and coke. The factory of sadness is closed, at least for now, friend. <laughs> Salute to you. Salute. Salute. Mm. Well, we had Mac and Cheetos and a KFC Watt box. I don't know what else we can really talk about tonight. Oh, by the way, Star Wars, Rogue One. There's debate that, that Disney won't use the crawl in the opening. 
just stop. It's a Star Wars movie. Use the damn crawl. <laughs> it's what you're supposed to do. Don't mess with that. That's just stupid. From a, that's, a, that's a sports brew tip. Bro tip. Looking out for you, Disney. You guys may not listen to us and you may not care. I'm telling you, use the crawl. It's a Star Wars movie. Just don't even mess around with that. Uh, also, Ticketmaster. I need to check my, my account. Mark, check yours. I love the things with Ticketmaster. Oh, you already did? Of course. Oh, naturally. Uh, I love all the hate that's coming back out <laughs> with it. It's so Ticketmaster, man. Obviously, class action lawsuit settlement. And they're doing all this stuff. But I love this. So you, you get like a $2.25 discount on any ticket or a $5 discount towards UPS delivery. And then they've set out some free tickets of certain things. Uh, obviously, some limitations. But some people aren't happy. I love some of the tweet backs, Adam. Uh, from out at Alex Carson said, 17 free concert ticket vouchers, zero eligible events within 800 miles. Neat <laughs> at Ticketmaster. <laughs> uh, I got two more. I like this one too. Uh, the good news from uh, at Jessica K. Roy. The good news is we all have free Ticketmaster vouchers. The bad news is they're only valid for concerts you wouldn't even go to for free. This, however, <laughs> this, however is my favorite from uh, one of the good ones at. UN Trezor, whatever that is, but uh, just got my Ticketmaster voucher. Anyone want to go see Puddle of Mud in Fallujah? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. That hey, Mark, up. they may have that uh, Nickelback, Lenny Kravitz. Dude, Nickelback, Nickelback, Lenny Kravitz, uh, Train. Train. And you know Clay what? Aiken. Celine Dion. And I bet, you, I bet you if we ask them, they can get Susan Boyle in there, you know, just for you. That's a winner right there, bro. Dream the dream. Dream the Dead, not the Grateful Dead concert. The Dstat Dead. Oh man. <laughs> uh, also, I love uh, George R. R. Martin asking Stephen King, "How the fuck do you write so fast?" <laughs> that I thought was awesome, man. They, there was an interview. There was an event in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and uh, Martin got to drop this nugget for the watch. George, we're going to have to wrap this up pretty soon. Is there anything that you've always wanted to ask me? <laughs> because, George, I will. <laughs> yes, yes, there is something I want to ask you. All right. How the fuck do you write so many books so fast? <laughs> yeah. I think, oh, uh, I've had a really good six months. I've written three chapters, and you've, you've yeah, finished three books in that time. Here's the thing, okay? <laughs> there, are, there are books, and there are books. Yeah, there are books, and then there's Game of Thrones. I thought that was hilarious. Obviously, everybody likes to pile on old uh, George R.R. R. Martin for uh, the, uh, the rather methodic pace <laughs> of the Game of Thrones books, but that I thought was pretty funny. Anyway, opening cross. It's a Star Wars movie. You got to have it, man. And Independence Day, the new movie, I'm stoked about that. I love that way back when. I hope that is good. And I think we can wrap up with one of my favorite stupid, three of my favorite stupid stories. Uh, A, number one, uh, Mark, you and I are Game of Thrones fans. Um, The HBO Now app was down on Sunday, and people went absolutely bananas. (laughs) 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 Down for a chunk of time. And people were going. So George Martin took took out the HBO yeah, he, app. He even killed the app. Um, <laughs> matter of fact, and then Metal Sandra was able to bring it back. <laughs> uh, 
Muy importante. Muy importante, man. Uh, other thing, dude. Dude, Shannon, this one's for you. All right. We have to give a little shout-out, a little RIP to Prince B, man, from PM Dawn. Died at 46. Your favorite song, man. A trill. Prince B, that's right. 40, 46, man. Seems super young. So rest in yeah. peace, friend. Sorry, I had to throw that in there just for shit. I had to do it. <laughs> I, had, I had I had to do that. I had to do that. Uh, let me see. Let me get back to this other thing for you. Mark's like, "Where are you going, Justin? I don't even know what the hell you were doing." Don't worry, I don't know what the hell I'm doing either. So don't feel bad. <laughs> it's okay. Oh yeah, now I remember. <laughs> I, I I would say massive shout out or maybe shots fired um, for Brazil, right? Uh, since they just shot and killed their own Olympic mascot. By the way, nice job, dickheads. Way to go. Oh a, a Jaguar that was brought out during an Olympic torch ceremony and event uh, earlier that week was ended up getting shot and killed shortly afterward when it escaped its handlers. Really? Really, guys? Dude, really? I really? should have sent that sound bite to you. The how do you F that up? I, I just don't even know. 17-year-old Jaguar named Juma. You're a Jaguar at a ceremony, and you don't even have that thing under control? That Jaguar was photographed in chains alongside an assault rifle-wielding soldier and a runner holding a torch. Yeah, that seems like a brilliant idea. Way to go. Way to go. Anyway. Seriously. Seriously. Why that popped into my head, I don't know. But there you go. You get that. Mark Mark looks unimpressed. He's like Michaela over there. <laughs> Maybe this will impress you. Okay. So there was a girl there was a girl that got trapped inside a Barney head. <laughs> and she had to be rescued by firefighters. <laughs> that one's pretty awesome. Nice. It was a joke. And so she put the, the costume on, but the head slipped down below her shoulders. And so she was trapped. <laughs> in a gigantic purple Barney head. <laughs> they had to go down to the fire department so they could get that thing off of that girl's head. Anyway. I mean, Justin, I was actually able to find um, audio what? from the guy who let the Jaguar loose. I just sent it in the sports brew chat. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. And his commander asking him what happened. How do you fuck that up? How do you fuck that up? And they shot the Jaguar. I mean, it's like, come on, man. Oh, no. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> like, you're going to have the Jaguar there. You're not going to take every single no. precaution. Dude, these Olympic games are going to be such a Dude, freaking look, cluster. Man, in between the Zika virus stuff, the dirty water, the contaminants, I, I, dude, I don't even know what these Olympics are going to be like. The, the they could be a, they could be a total stuff that's disaster. not even built yet. Oh my god! That they had seven years to build and they never built it. And if they did build it, it's not built great. It's going to be an interesting year. Interesting yeah, Olympics. Yeah, that, that's what I needed like Thank thirty you. seconds ago. Winamp, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. Better better late than never. 
<laughs> and that's what she said. Center LeBron. Not in the Olympics either. He's taking some time off to rest. <laughs> As he should. And yeah, if no, anybody should. gives him shit for that, I mean, you just need to no, be slapped. He doesn't need any grief for that. I mean, he's done his he's done his tour duties as a you know he Olympian. Has. He's fine, man. He's fine. No beef with that. Anyway, that that's really yeah. That that's about where I'm at, dude. A couple of random things. I love the Georgia R. R. Martin thing. That made me laugh. That was really funny. And the the girl in the purple Barney dinosaur head. I was. <laughs> Of all the things you, you go to prank your friends and you end up with that, I just don't even know. Uh, by the That's, way, I, I hope the fail horn. I really hope that somebody brought up the amount of rebounds that Kevin Love had in you know Game Seven, and that maybe I missed it, but I think there was a guy from Baylor do, that knows how this goes. You said he got out rebounded. I was surprised. You did thirty six thirty two. How so, does Yale out rebound Baylor? Yeah, man. How do the Cavaliers? Out rebound the Warriors, man. Um, you go up and grab the ball off the rim when it comes off, and then you grab it with two hands, and you come down with it, and that's considered a rebound. So they got more of those than we did. Good job, Kevin Love. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> now go drink your beer. That's right. That's right. Anyway, all right, guys, man. You want? You got any wrap up thoughts as we get out of here? Let's get out of here. Let's just get out of here. Yeah, yes, sir. D-Stead, that's all you got? No, I'm good to go. All right, cool. Shannon, that's all you got? Dude, it's almost 2.30 in the morning. I'm good. Fair enough, dude. Fair enough. We can break free of this episode. There you go. And before I forget... To LeBron, this one's for you, bro. Double bonus for ESPN breaking out that old school LeBron James commercial where he went to sit in his cube and the chair wasn't right and like Scott Van Pelt's beside him <laughs> oh, yeah. in, in a chair that says King James and he's like, hey man, I think you got my chair. He's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that commercial was great. That commercial was great. And Scott Van Pelt was joking around and saying that he believed, you know, rumors were that the chair got destroyed. You know, but he believes somebody from ESPN had it <laughs> and that it still exists somewhere. <laughs> that I thought was fantastic. I hope that it does. But anyway, look, uh, hell of a finals, hell of a finish. Um, I enjoyed that. And, you know, it will be in the off season for a lot of things. Uh, so who knows kind of what the next, uh, you know, little chunk of time holds for us. Uh, Stanley Cup's done. Uh, kudos to the Penguins. Sorry, Mark. Uh, kudos to the Cavaliers, and now we're in off-season sports hole. Other than the Olympics, but I don't know. If the, I don't know if the Spice Girls are going to bail us out in Rio, man. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. So, but from all of us to all of you, thanks for listening. Have a you know certainly a great weekend. And if you're still in Cleveland, please party hard, man. Party hard like a champ. Enjoy it. Okay, absolutely enjoy it. Live it up. Until next time, friends, from all of us to all of you, 
Enjoy. Take care. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for listening. We are the Sports Brew. Keyword, sports and brew. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Er, Brady Loves Funnel Cake, or maybe not. (laughs) LiveSportsCaster.com, Spark Sports, and the Google Play Store. Keywords, as always, Sports Brew on Twitter, at VA Sports Brew. And feel free to give Mark lots of grief at DStatFTW. He deserves it. Go ahead and tweet at him. (laughs) Anyway, uh, you guys have a great weekend. We'll catch you on the flip side, man. We're the Sports Brew, and peace out, y'all. Peace out, folks. Party, we will party hard.